What's going on, everybody? John on here with you. I should be joined by Don Tottingham. He's my uh, Oakland University Golden Grizzlies alum. He's going to be running color with me here today if we can get everything situated on that side. If not, it'll be a solo call. But let me give you the uh, starting lineup. So for the Edmonton Oilers, it sounds like this. Connor McDavid, Evander Kane, and Zach Hyman with Darnell Nurse and Cody Ceci. It's Leon Dreisaitl, RNH, Ryan Nugent Hopkins with Kyle Yamamoto. Matias Heckelm and Evan Bouchard will be on the back-end defense for Jay Woodcroft's squad. Ryan McLeod, Warren Fogle, and Derek Ryan with Nick Bustad, Clem Costin, and Philip Broberg will be Brett Kulak, Vincent DeHarnay on the back-end defense with Stuart Skinner in net. Again, Edmonton is 50-23-9. They were the second Pacific seed. And for the Los Angeles Kings, at 47-25-10, and 10, third in the Pacific, it's Anze Kopitar, Quentin Byfield, and Adrian Kempe with Mikey Anderson and Drew Doughty. Philip Dano, Trevor Moore, Victor Arvidsson with Vladislav Gavrikov and Matt Roy. It's Gabe Villiardi, Alex Iafalo, and Carl Grundstrom with Rasmus Kupari. Jared Anderson Dolan's going to draw in the lineup today with Zach McEwen. Alexander Edler and Sean Dursey will be the back-end defense with Jonas Corposalo in net. So let me just give you a quick reset. We're waiting on the end of the Boston Bruins and the Florida Panthers. It looks like they're going to take a 4-2 victory. They'll take a 2-1 series lead. But the quick little recap as far as what was left in this series, because this is our first coverage here, the hopeless sports guy. In game one, it was a 4-3 win for L.A. Edmonton took a two-goal lead twice. I'm going to get down in here right now. They took a two-goal lead twice on that side. Leon Dreisaitl got a pair of goals before they were able to come back a couple of times. McDavid ended up with one assist, and it was... Uh, Fans, they didn't like the tripping call at the end of it. Los Angeles got a power play, and they ended up taking that 1-4-3 at the end in OT. And game two was a 4-2 win for Edmonton. Edmonton hit one more time. Raced out to a two-goal lead. LA tied it up after two periods of play. Gabe Villiardi made his return and scored by 19-16 in the second to tie the game. But Clem Costin and Evander Kane finished it off. McDavid had one assist. Edmonton was much better as they held L.A. without a shot for long stretches. It was 36-24 shots on goal, and Skinner got the win. He stopped 22-24. Edmonton was 1-for-1 one one on the power play. Kevin Fiala is still the one that's missing right now. So we will see what ends up happening with that. It's been told that he's progressing, but Jared Anderson Dolan will be in the lineup. He'll be in the bottom six, likely starting on the fourth line. So when we come back, we will get into the starting play-by-play in color. So let's officially get into it, everybody. Stuart Skinner, 1-1 one in one the playoffs, 278 goals against 898 save percentage. Does not have a shutout yet under his name. Jonas Corposalo will be the op opposing goalie. 1-1 one and one and 283-921 save percentage so far in the playoffs as well. Corpusala was the big acquisition for Rob Blake. They're trying to make sure that it wasn't just the Phoenix Copley experience. It was L.A. that needed goaltending. And they're able to get some so far. But again, in this series, there is going to be a multitude of goals. We'd expect that to, be, to continue, and we expect that to probably be a long series as it's Philip Dano against Connor McDavid. And we are underway now at Crypto.com Arena. John Audrey with you. If I can get Don Tottingham in on this side, we will uh, make sure that we do that for the color side. Is Victor Arvidsson able to get this puck away? And this is picked up deep. Again, I have the Sportsnet feed out in front of me on CBC side. I'm sure that he's got uh, TNT on that end. And we'll try to give you some of those, both of those looks, if we can get both of us in here. As this is cleared in now across the red line. And there was a big hit near the player's bench as this is recollected now. And now Darnell Nurse will make this backhand pass as this gets picked off and sent back down the ice. And 
No tripping call against Dano, or maybe there is. There is a hand in the air now, so Dano going to go to the box, and the Oilers will go to that much maligned power play. What's going on, Don? How are you doing, my friend? I know that he's in here now on this side. I know sometimes in between the uh, laptop, I don't know if you're able to actually go in there and speak, although I do see you in there if everything is working. You know what, John? I got you. Sometimes you just have to unmute the microphone. You know? <laughs> no, I got you. Everything else is cool now. I'm glad that you could join me, man. Thanks for having me. This is this is great. This is going to be fun. I'm, I'm very excited for this. <laughs> so no pressure for anything else. We're just going to have fun with it and taking this game as two buds. I, I try to keep everything as professional as I can with the play-by-play -play and keep things sure. straight down the middle. But, you know, I'm not a, a professional or anything, um, but I am enjoying what we're going to see right now, and that's a tripping against Connor McDavid from Philip Dano. And, Don, this power play for Edmonton is the real deal. You know, uh, John, these two teams, the Los Angeles Kings and the Edmonton Oilers, are probably arguably, the two best teams in the Western Conference. Yeah. And Edmonton's, as you mentioned, Edmonton's power play <laughs> um, is dynamite. <laughs> and you do not want to have these guys at the man advantage um, for too long if you're the L.A. Kings. And this is a big game, as you mentioned at the onset, for the L.A. Kings. They stole uh, a point there, or stole a mm -hmm. game in game one. I'll let you call the play here. So Bruchard had his uh, pass go back to him on Stuart Skinner. We'll pick it up now for Leon Dreisaitl. We'll drop it back to Evan Bruchard as they're off the races now. It's Connor McDavid and off the backhand forehand, and that was fouled by Corpusalo. The taste of Connor's speed right there. Mm. Yes, sir. Yes. And you can see the Elton Kings kind of collapsing there on the penalty kill as Edmonton tries to regroup here at center ice. So we get a chance to probably get both feeds. Again, if mine is a little bit ahead of you, I can't flip the TNT side. I got the CBC Sportsnet, all the things. Mm, okay, yeah, I'm on the TNT side, unfortunately. So yes. this is, I can definitely flip that as we get a commercial break, but this is sent okay. back down and flipped in by the LA Kings. We'll, we'll touch the stick shaft to Stuart Skinner, and we'll start this again. So one shot to nothing officially for Edmonton <laughs> as this is sent back down across the red line. Connor McDavid, a little bit of a toe drag. And now it's picked up the right side wall. Here's Leon as he's patient. Send this to the right wing. Leon will wait in the middle of a slot as this will go D to D. Connor McDavid will fake the touch past Evan Burchard. As Edmonton continues to buzz, this goes off the outside of the cage. Picked up by McDavid as he goes in behind the office of Corpusalo. Plays it in the middle of the slot. This will get picked up by Edmonton. And Drysaddle lets a, a clapper go from the right circle. And it's sent back down. So Edmonton going to get some full-scale line changes. And Stuart Skinner will pick it up just to the right of the trapezoid. I'm going to try to get around Alex Iafalo. And that will kill some time for the LA Kings on this kill. But here's Darnell Nurse. This will wrap this one down across the blue line. And this gets picked up here by Connor. Again, and now it's Clem Costin as this is sent back around. And a D to D pass toward the left side of the blue line. Fake the slapper here as a chance for Kulak. And I'll put this in the high slot. This is good work now by Edmonton, but they're still trying to find a shooting lane as that one goes to the right side of the wall. Picked up now. Eckholm will get this back here for Darnell Nurse. It'll be Matthias Eckholm. He's been a great pickup there for the Nashville Predators. And now this will be an opportunity for Dan O right out of the box to break this one out. 
right to left for the LA Kings. They're in the all black at home right now. We're at Crypto.com Arena. I got Don Tottingham with me on this side for the color. John out here with you on the play by play as this is loose out in front and then picked up by the LA Kings near the left side of the wall. Edmonton now will try to break out right to left as this one will get dumped in, gain the red line entry. Two shots to nothing with 16.45 in the first. Alexander Edler, third line out there right now for Todd McClellan's squad as Vincent DeHarnay had to get through a couple body checks and Blake Lazat tried to push this one ahead, but this will fall back to Edmonton. And they'll look to try to break out into the neutral zone as there's been some good physicality and Roy had to take a seat. Vladislav Gavrikov will spin and turn around and he'll recollect this puck as L.A. Try to work out of the embankment. And again, there's more body contact toward the red line. And a sh shot and drag by Dan O. And that one gets sent high and flipped back down the ice. L.A. now with Gavrikov. We'll stay patient and we'll throw this to the D side as this is sent back around. L.A. Kings gain the entry, but now they got to press and try to get this in behind the net. And Stuart Skinner holding on the butterfly of the left post. This gets wrapped back around now. Leon Dreisettle trying to bother... The four-check here for the L.A. Kings. This has been a good first period, fast-moving so far. And now Edmonton gets this across the red line, and they'll shoot this right in. This goes off the glove of Corpusalo, and now this will be picked up by Carl Grundstrom. Grundstrom will send this back to McHugh in fourth line side, and this is a stick drag and steal. Drysaddle trying to set it up for Bouchard, and that one goes off of the back end of the wall. And then Anze Kopitar. Leave it back to the defensive partner. Great forechecking here by Edmonton. that tried to force a steal as this is sent back around for Matt Roy. Usually Matt Roy out there with Sean Dursey, sometimes Drew Doughty, as this gets played off the wall and picked up by Andre. The captain will get this one across as Quentin Byfield will be on the rush. Evan Burchard will quickly send it around for McLeod. And now Burchard will try to pick this up. It's picked off by L.A. They might have something in the middle of the slot. Kempe. He was open, but they waited an extra beat. Here's Downey with the bomb, as this is a sacrificial block. One of the Edmonton Oilers definitely took it on that side. It might have been DeHarnay, as this is collected now. Kempe trying to chase after it. Kopitar trying to lift it, and this gets sent down the ice. This will not be blown dead. We are still underway with 14.35 left in the first, and we will get Don's thoughts in a moment, as we've had continuous action near the right wing side. This is collected in off the chip and chase where the LA Kings trying to finish their checks and point to the Crypto.com Arena crowd. They are enjoying it. And behind the net now, this will be played off the backhand. Sent back around for a 1T Dan O. That did get a piece of Skinner. Now Evander Kane has to elude the stick. And now Arvidsson gets sent flying. <laughs> the physicality, John. I love it. Playoff hockey, buddy. It's absolutely on that side. Arvison is a little bit slow to get up, as we noted last year. He did not, he was not able to join the festivities, and look who's in the box. It's Darnell Nurse. He's got something to say. Yeah, you know, I, I don't like the uh, the leg out there, or maybe the hip out there on the hit, but again, playoff hockey. He's telling him, watch it, watch the replay. <laughs> Arvison, uh, Definitely down there on the ice, and it looks like maybe he might actually be injured, which is unfortunate. Hopefully not. We see something on the uh, Sportsnet side. That shot for Byfield, I believe, went off the pipe. And mm -hmm. one of the one of the replays that I got was somebody 
covering up the right side of their eye and wiping it off. Might have got a little bit of blood from a uh, shot block. As Darnell Nurse again is none too pleased. And as you called it, Don, Victor Arvidsson very slow to get into the player's bench. That is not a good sign. Yeah, that looks like a, it didn't look like it, it, it kind of looks like the Edmonton player stuck his leg out just ever so slightly. Could be a Charlie horse, easy for me to say here in South Florida, but uh, yeah, it looks like he's walking on his own power uh, down the ramp there, so that's maybe a good sign for Harvison, but uh, borderline dirty play there by the Edmonton Oilers, if you ask me. So I, I, I'm not a big fan of that play. It looked like he tried to move the knee a little bit out of the way to uh, you, you know, to, to try to limit the the contact, but that is definitely a stick in the leg out type kind of play, which is not needed in the league. No, and that looked like uh, Shark Week, Don. Somebody got some air with Victor yes, Arvidsson. That was uh, rough. Yeah, and that's just you know, it, this series has already have enough has enough blood in it as it is. It doesn't need yes. that type of play. Uh, you know, and it's it's unfortunate. Hopefully, Arvidsson comes back and he's no worse for wear um, for that standard. But this isn't what this what this series needs. No, it's not. And I was trying to. I'm looking at the ESPN box square Middle East. I'm looking at the feed. So it's a two minute minor. They were reviewing if it was going to be a major, but it's not going to be. Okay. And again, it looked like. It looked like the Edmonton player kind of stuck his knee out there, but pulled it back. So it, I don't know. So <laughs> let, let me look at this again. It says Darnell Nurse for tripping against Arvidsson, and Arvidsson interference against Darnell Nurse, and they said maybe it's going to be a four-on-four. I'd be very surprised if that is the case. But now well, I'm in the course of booze. I don't know how Arvidsson can get interference. He had the puck. Exactly. So <laughs> But this is the NHL, John, so, you know, uh, it's hard to say anymore. <laughs> when, when we've talked about some of these other things, I know we've uh, mentioned some messages back and forth sometimes throughout the playoffs, but again, as you said, within these referees, we're not trying to throw too much shade at all possible, but sometimes you just don't know what a penalty is anymore on certain calls. It's almost like the catch in the NFL, right? We don't know what that is. And, yeah, uh, um, yeah. Uh, uh, again, you kind of you you kind of you, you feel bad because the LA Kings player was hurting uh, you know, Arvison, so that kind of takes the sting a little bit, I guess. But uh, nonetheless, it looks like we're four on four, so um, the Kings just got to get back to doing what they're doing uh, and, and and start laying the body on. If they can start laying the body on and wear down these the speedy Edmonton Oilers, they have a shot in this game. I agree with you on that side. you got to make sure you keep attention to detail between Dreisaitl, McDavid, and everyone else per usual. I'm very surprised on that end. So Zach McEwen is going to serve the penalty against Victor Arvidsson, the one that got injured. So four on four for a minute 45. That's very curious. And now you have even more space for Dreisaitl and McDavid to work with on this four on four. So this is sent back around for Matthias Eckholm. They'll start the skate now, working way off the back end. McDavid trying to drive to the net, and that might have been sold by Corpusella, but I don't think he got the shot off. He just drove to the net, as LA Kings will be able to shovel this one down. And this will be a race for the puck, as Anze Kopitar gets a chance to win it, and he just gets pinned against the boards by the even Wolverine and Zach Hyman. So Hyman able to kill some time as well on this 4-on-4. 13-15 left to go on this first round here, alongside... 
Don Tottingham as we got play-by-play -play and color covered respectively. And everybody got their hands up in the air right now at Crypto.com Arena. And we're going to get a cross-checking call against the Oilers. Mm. You know, going back to that save there by Corpusello, just held his ground in the crease and didn't allow Connor McDavid to extend and be able to put that puck in the back of that. And that is an a great call by the official on the cross check, by the way, in the corner. Uh, and Eckholm there on Kopitar. So, great call. So, what, so one that they get wrong and one that they get right as we go to, uh, it know. seems like, commercial break with 13.06. Now, do you think I'm a little bit ahead of you, Don? Do you want me to try to... Yeah, uh, yeah you're about this? 15 seconds ahead of me. All right, let me try to flip this on the TNT side and see how that one will work. So, again, this sometimes usually happens. I've worked with uh, yeah. a few different people in the past. Let's all have fun with it. We just try to measure our TV feeds and do what sure. we can and yeah. see. I have Xfinity down here, and I have the box in the, the room I'm in, so it should be uh, should be line for line there on TNT. So okay, because for me, I don't have access to the uh, cable box itself. I'm the streaming man on this side. There so you go. Hopefully, I love it. Uh, everything else is good on that. And again, I'm just glad to have you on here right now, as we can take this game in. And admittedly, for uh, next week, it'll be. Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday for me. So you probably won't be able to hook up next week too much because I do have some local stuff i got to take care of. But I'm uh, glad we could do this right now, though. For sure, yeah. And uh, I'm looking, like I said, I'm looking forward to it. This is fun. Uh, gives me a chance. I, uh, the late games for me during the week will be tough. Um, yep. The 7 o'clock games won't be a problem. Uh, but I get up at during the week at like 4.30 in the morning, so. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't want to make you drag, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I got to head into work in the morning at that point, but uh, um, the 7 o'clock games would be no problem if you, if you need a hand. Uh, but the 10 o'clock games, as fun as those Dallas-Minnesota double overtime was for you. Uh, <laughs> oh, I was so long, yeah. I mean, you were, you were getting up by the time I was finishing. I was, I was dragging myself. Yeah, I think that finished at 2.30 Eastern, so <laughs> what a great game. Though. What a great series that's going to be. What a, that's just, these playoffs, these, these matchups this year have just been outstanding. Uh, Absolutely. Great playoff hockey. <clears throat> okay, so we've uh, flipped on the TNT side, and I'm looking at the emotionless Jay Woodcroft. As there's a penalty on the other end, and now this is Anze Kopitar, the longtime tenured captain of the LA Kings. He's been one of my favorite players for a long time. He's got a great 200-foot game. And now we will see if LA Kings power play can get a chance to get something done. Again, both of these teams, specialty teams, is something to watch. As Dowdy will flip this across. It's Kopitar on the high slot. Dowdy will fake the clapper, give it back to Kopitar in that same spot. Four on three for 45 seconds. And a slap shot got fired way back into the crowd. Mm. You know, this is a this is something with the Edmonton Oilers. I don't know if they want to go to this well all too often. I know they want to play physical with the Kings, but you don't want to put too many men in the penalty box. It, 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 you're going to get behind uh, just in your lines early in a game, especially on the road. And I think they're, they're they're playing with fire at this point. That's a great call by you on that side. You got to think about those last changes in those matchups. Mm -hmm. And again. For the LA Kings, they're as good as any other team that we got in the league, not just because they're in the playoffs. I have very much very respect for this team. Yes. Very underrated. Yes, now absolutely. Flip it across. This is try to get recollected by Kempe. And now across the wall again, it's Dowdy. Send this back. 
Here for Kopitar. Kopitar patient as this was a good stick in the lane. Dry sidle now. Kopitar can walk in and shoot if he wants. Rebound opportunity and that one goes wide as this gets sticked down by Andre. Ten seconds left to go on the four on three. Toward the right circle. Now on the high slot. Crisscross again. LA very patient trying to find a lane. It's Dowdy. They might run out of time though. And now this is going to get sent back down the ice where... Jonas Corposalo will have to touch it, but now the LA Kings, that'll be a 5-on-4 for about 50 seconds. We've got 11.55 left to go here in the first round under with you alongside Down Tottenham. It's play-by-play uh, -play play and color respectively, or Crypto.com Arena. It's not called Staples anymore. That kind of hurts my heart. It's also great to see Drew Darty, the old Michigan Wolverine out there still in the NHL, uh, playing great minutes. It's really good to see that. Yeah, absolutely. He's still a top line man, and you can always, when you see that gap teeth in the middle of it, you know that's Drew Doughty. <laughs> no doubt about it. No <laughs> doubt about it. <laughs> 29 seconds left to go in the Kings power play as this one gets flipped out of play. You know, it's uh, kind of a your stereotypical first period, if you will, for the NHL playoffs here. Both teams kind of fill themselves out. Both of them have taken kind of silly penalties and kind of gotten behind the lines a little bit. But once this game settles down a little bit, I think you're going to see kind of what we saw in games one and probably game two um, uh, with the Kings and the Oilers once everyone kind of settles down their emotions here. Yeah, I think that's very apropos because both of these teams can absolutely light it up. I mean, you can't be, you can't be surprised if you see a 5-4-6-5 scoreline between them. No teams. doubt about it. No doubt about it. It's, it's really going to come down to, John, which goaltender is going to make the key saves at the key moment um, and, and propel their team here late in this game. So trying to gain the entry here is Jared Anderson Dolan. And this will get flipped down now. And Corpusella will touch it again. Corpusella from several years ago, since that crazy game he had against Tempe Lightning, I believe in the bubble, he had over 80 saves. 80 saves. He's <laughs> one of those guys that can definitely get it done. Stuart Skinner is still kind of relatively untested. The Jack Campbell experience hasn't really worked out all so much. So Stuart Skinner is going to get the tenure in net. This is near the left side of the wall. McLeod, and he gets brushed aside by a couple of body contact, but a good pin on the other end. So McLeod, Broberg, everybody else out there right now on the bottom lines for Jay Woodcroft squad as this is chipped and then recollected. As it's Derek Ryan, he'll spin near the right side wall. McLeod trying to send this out in the middle of a slot. As this is a good one-timer setup, but that was whistled wide at the right bar and then picked up now by Edmonton. Cody Cece. Patient, he'll drop it back to McLeod, and they try to bank this one as this goes near the left side of the red line. Now Edmonton with some sorts of pressure here as this is collected nicely by Clem Costin. They like to play the uh, Slim Shady Marshall Mathers music apparently against Clem Costin. I heard that the other day as this is uh, flipped back down across the red line and some good contact there. DeHarnay trying to spin as he gets cross-checked. Drysettle can't hold the line. And he'll pass this one back before he gets shoved down by, I believe that might be Arvidsson that is uh, back out on the ice. Yep. So that is good to see. It's hard to believe two teams that like the scoreboard up. The shots are still 3-1 to one Edmonton halfway through the first period. Yeah, no doubt about it. There has been a very physical game. We can expect that for playoff hockey. But yeah, there has not been a lot of space on the ice. As we're going to take a commercial break, we're looking at downtown L.A. What a sight. 
Florida's Florida's kind of this yin and yang kind of team. I feel that they kind of came out kind of flat to start the season. Halfway through, kind of got back into it and then got flat again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just as everyone knows, we're on a tear at the end of the season. Uh, was it 12 out of 13 they yes. won to close, the, to close the season out uh, to get into the playoff uh, and really knock out a Pittsburgh team that, I don't know if it was a team that was kind of floundering or whatnot, but nonetheless, they passed them in the standings. And then all they get is to play Boston in the first round, which, you know, is it the best team in the league? I guess we'll find out. But um, definitely statistically they were. So yeah. uh, that's what you get for you, all your hard work. So. <laughs> and they've hung in with them. They've hung in with them physically, uh, which is something that most teams can't match with the Boston Bruins. Right. So uh, I think that matchup is really, really good. Really, really good. I see Will Farrell. At uh, Crypto.com Arena. (laughs) (laughs) He's a season ticket holder of the LA Kings, actually. That is a good call by you. I did not know that. He is a a diehard LA Kings. He's been a Kings fan uh, since way back in the 80s. He'll even tell you that. uh, He's a big-time Kings fan. That's very, very cool. So is also the uh, old Al Michaels, season ticket holder of the LA Kings, by the way. Yeah, you got some very good uh, alumni on that part when you mention those names. 920 left to go here in the first. It's a scoreless first. Again, as Don said, it's just three shots to one as we get an offsides. Now we get a little bit extracurricular. Somebody got hit in the mouth with a high stick. That was Dursey. He's getting away from the uh, crowd, and one of the Oilers gets knocked down to the ice. Yeah, it was a little bit of an elbow there by one of the Edmonton players. I didn't catch the number, uh, but as he kind of skated by the Kings player, kind of took a little bit of an elbow right to the chops there. And yeah, it started a little, uh, a little love fest here. <laughs> yes, it did. Ooh, somebody got some friendly fire. I remember Shard with a stick with a puck to the face, and then we had the one that we talked about with Arvidsson. Thankfully, he got back into the ice, and now we have a penalty against Edmonton, so the Kings go on the power play. See, this is, again, Edmonton is playing with fire here, and they've got to stay out of the penalty box. You cannot continue to put this LA Kings team on the power play uh, on the road. Uh, these teams really haven't been able to settle into the game yet because they've been either penalty killing or on the power play. <laughs> That's a great call by you. There's been a lot of extracurricular right now, and again, we keep talking about the shot totals. At least I'm bringing up 3-1 to one still with 917. That's a surprise, but with all the topsy-turvy play back and forth, it's definitely understandable. I follow is the one that's going to go ahead and give chase, but it's Edmonton essentially get a chance to go ahead and kill some time. And the Kings were 0 for 1, but they didn't have a shot. They had some 4 on 3 extended time in the power play. They were looking for lanes, and those got blocked. But now the yep. Kings will try to go right to left, and they'll send this one back here for the puck carrier as this gets collected now by Kempe. Kempe now with the sauce pass. Again, he got a couple of goals in that first game that they had when LA came back and. They stopped a couple of two-goal leads for Edmonton. Edmonton had a two-goal lead in Game 2, and they were able to actually hold it with Evander Kane and Clint Costin in the end. So it's Dowdy off of the windmill, and McLeod will take a look at it. And now Kopitar from Kempe. Kopitar is going to peel back. They haven't really got a chance to get started yet to go right to left. And now Kempe sends it back now across the L.A. Kings logo, and they'll gain the offensive zone with a minute left to go in their power play. This would be their second Again, low event as far as the shot totals. Very physical game as Eckholm delivers a cross check. This is kept in by Dowdy. 
Kempe now near the left dot, trying to get in behind the net. This gets brushed aside by Skinner, but only for a moment. Dowdy, here comes the bomb! And this goes maybe off the right side of the bar, and this will be collected now for McLeod. McLeod off the backhand. He stays patient as Dowdy will give a little bit of a circle, and this will be dumped in behind the net for Andre Kopitar. 7.40 left to go in this first. Drawn under with you alongside Don Tottingham as we got play-by-play in color. We both got the TNT feed now, so we should be synced up on that end. Dursey will send this back, and this will be a puck entry here toward the right side of the wall. Good active stick check. Cody Cece try to brush this away. This might fall to Jared Anderson Dolan near the left dot. And so he'll try to spin this out of the corner. Edmonton try to get this out of their own end with Cece. And now they return to full strength, does Edmonton. And now Evander Kane, he's in full flight toward the right wing side. This will drop this one back. This will be collected by a couple times. Gabe Villiardi tried to get out there, but it's Connor McDavid with an entry pass off the one-timer. And this will go to Cece. Cece now back around the embankment to Hyman. Hyman out in front. And it knocks down one of the LA Kings again. And Anderson Dolan will flip this one down the ice where Edmonton can get a foothold. With Evan Bouchard, 6.40 left to go in this first. Not a lot of shots right now. Not really overworked between these two goalies. Again, they faced about as many shots as uh, Don and I have in this game right now as we're calling. Yeah, there's been a lot of neutral zone play, a lot of physicality, a lot of feeling out here, even with all the power plays. So, interesting. Grundstrom! Short. Oh, it was a two-on-one chance. He got flipped over on a good old-fashioned hit check. And now Evan Burchard lost it, trying to get this the other way. And Gunstrom now will collect and gain the entry, flip it in from about 50 feet, where we'll be right in the webbing the catching glove of Skinner. Skinner just staying pat, <laughs> calm, cool, and collective. As you mentioned, the, the Jack Campbell thing hasn't worked out for the Edmonton Oilers like they had hoped. But uh, Skinner's come in and... Uh, led the way for the Edmonton Oilers down the stretch. I mean, it's a very different goalie tandem, down from what we saw last year when it was Mike Smith. Uh-huh. So there was some Mike Smith gaffes in that series. He loves to play the puck, as the oh. shot we mentioned before hit the top right of the crossbar. Sure did. Out. Sure did. He pasted it right off the crossbar. Right here you can see the replay. A little, little flounder and stoink right there, right off the crossbar. Alex Iafalo gets a chance to take the draw. He scored the game one power play goal in overtime. The Edmonton fans at Rogers Place didn't like that late call. This would be ice. They did not. And, you know, the thing is, is uh, in my opinion, the Kings stole game one, uh, and rightfully so. Uh, Edmonton did enough to keep the Kings in the game uh, and gave the Kings the first game. So the Kings stole again. They should be down two games to none in this series. But they're not. It's tied 1-1. This is a huge game for the Kings. You can't give home ice advantage back to the Edmonton Oilers tonight at Crypto.com Arena. Would you say, Don, essentially that the Kings need to win both or at least split? The Kings need to win both games. They need to go back to Edmonton up three games to one. you gotta, you got to steal in Edmonton in game one. you got to hold that. I got you on that side. We'll see if they can do it. We see that Minnesota has taken a one nothing lead on Dallas. We will give you updates at the intermission. Maybe I will have uh, Don do a little bit of the scoreboard watch here for me. For sure, I can certainly do updates. I'll do that, yeah. one nothing at Minnesota. That, that series is unbelievable as well. I didn't think it was going to be as even as it is, but Minnesota has really raised their game 
to meet the to meet the Dallas Stars. Yes, and as this one goes offside, to your point, Don, that series has gotten very nasty between <laughs> the two teams. You know, it's it's almost as if uh, Dallas left Minnesota at one time uh, and left town. So yeah, uh, they haven't forgot that <laughs> Minnesota. The Minnesota North Stars, yes. Yes, sir. Yes. Uh, by the way, a great vintage jersey. If, you've, if you're looking to purchase one, that is one I would highly recommend. The, the, one, the, the one that I did get done, and that was from uh, one of my main broadcasters in Cooper Hopkins that lives in uh, mm. Seattle, Washington. He was able to send me a Maddie Beneers, so I'm going to have to oh, wear that oh, one tomorrow on stream. There you go. So another another Wolverine. I like it. Uh, <laughs> I had to make sure to go ahead and get that one before the uh, Garbage Fanatics deal by the NHL because I see those jerseys fall uh, apart. It's disappointing. I'm not going to lie to you. But from a business standpoint, I understand. Yep. Is that so, a 10-year a deal, I believe it is? Too? I believe it was a 10-year deal, yeah, because they just uh, finished up with uh, – uh, who the heck were they with Adidas? Adidas, yes. So Adidas had been there since 2008. Um, that's when they went to the shrinking jersey. So us guys that like to drink beer, those jerseys don't fit us very well. <laughs> and so maybe the Fanatics, well, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll move them out a little bit, you know, so you can have the dad bot jersey. <laughs> what I'm hoping for. Because I know we went from that. We also had uh, Reebok, and then I think the Steve Eisman yeah. one that's in my closet is uh, CCM. CCM, yeah. yeah. CCM was, John, I want to say CCM was the, the, the gamut. I mean, they ran yeah. the jersey 50 plus years uh, from the time they went from sweaters to jerseys. Uh, you know, and then again, as you mentioned, Nike and Reebok kind of went back and forth, but yeah. So we are back from the commercial break right now, and Don, I'm very surprised. Uh -oh. We are waiting for a goal here. Yes, we are, and we're also seeing some players there on the Edmonton Oilers bench, as you saw, kind of stick his stick out there and get the L.A. Kings guy in the ear. <laughs> you know, just let him know where he was at. Yeah, you always try to get your shots whenever you can. Again, we'll have a scoring update for you as far as the first intermission because this Minnesota-Dallas one's getting spicy as well. 4.50 left to go in our first. It's just three shots on a goal apiece right mm -hmm. now as the L.A. Kings will send this one across. Philip Dano had this brush away from his stick, and now the L.A. Kings will have to go back, check up, get back on side as this gets sent back down the ice. And now there's some body contact near the left side of the boards. This will allow the L.A. Kings to get back down the other way. It's Kempe. He'll fire. That was a good wrister off the left blocker of Stuart Skinner as this is sent back around the end boards now and dumped down, and we will have an icing call. Well, John, update from uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, 2-1. to one. The Wild lead the Dallas Stars, 17.05 left in the second period. And we're going to have to continue to monitor that one because I know you mentioned with the LA Kings about having to win both. I, I'm going to tell you this. I think Minnesota's got to win both that XL Energy because Dallas, they can score more than Minnesota can, I believe. Uh, no, no question. Uh, Minnesota has to win both games there at home. Uh, it's going to be a tall task, I'm not going to lie, uh, mm -hmm. for Minnesota, but... Um, as you saw in game one, they did the same thing the LA Kings did. They stole a game there in Dallas. So can they hold serve at home? We'll find out. We will find out indeed as we got four minutes left to go in our first period. 
between the Edmonton Oilers and the Los Angeles Kings. It's Gafrikov and Hyman. They get a little bit tied up, but it's Adrian Kempe. Got to watch out for him as he makes a great pass there. Kopitar! And that one goes off the left side of the backboard, and this will be picked up now for Evander Kane. Evander Kane going to like to shoot this one. This drops off the backhand. Corpusal able to save the first one, and now the LA Kings will just try to collect it again near the right side of the red line. Leon Dreisaitl as this gets wrapped around and recollected. Ackholm was the one that took a shot at it. This will fall to Darnell Nurse off the touch pass, and this will be quickly sent the other way for Leon. Here's a chance for Nurse, and that was found and closed the five-hole to Corpusolo. You know, John, it feel, I feel like the Edmonton Oilers are just hanging on here in this game. Uh, I don't feel like they're taking the game to the LA Kings. I feel the Kings are taking it to the Oilers. And uh, that's, that, that is not Edmonton Oilers hockey that we have saw all season long. And at least to your point, Don, you would think the LA Kings would be very happy when you look on the shot board and you mm -hmm. only see three for Edmonton. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no question. No question, but 320 left in the first period, no doubt about that. I know this, again, has been one of these periods that's been full of penalties, but we will see if these two teams can find their foothold, because I would expect the press from both of these teams. Well, this is exactly what the Kings wanted in the first period at home. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Three minutes left to go in the first as this is played in off the backhand and trying to finish a check as one of the Oilers has sent Sean Dursey flying. He's been hit a couple times pretty hard. And it'll pick up now off the backhand. This will try to be sticked away by Kari Yamamoto off the lift. And now it's a battle with the left side red line, Gunstrom. And Villiardi will send this one back. Dursey will throw it to the defensive partner now as this is rocking around off a slap shot. Skinner has to elude some body contact on his own team. Just to be able to clear the puck around the end boards as this will fall back to the Edmonton defense. And Vincent DeHarnay. We'll try to get this left to right. Stuart Skinner, 29 regular season wins, which is a franchise record for rookie goalie. And that does help when you play behind the Edmonton offense like this. Yes, it is very helpful for that. Uh, when, you're, when your team's scoring five-plus goals a night, it makes your job <laughs> easier. Yes, it is. So Arvidsson now, Gunstrom, try to get a piece of it, but it's Dowdy. He's back out there and on the first line. As Dowdy will send this back around. And... Mikey Anderson's got a piece of it. Mikey Anderson, I will try to flip it. This gets knocked down by the giant Vincent D'Arnais. He does look like a redwood out there. This is sent now for Skinner. Skinner now with Evan Burchard. Evan Burchard has gotten top ice time now since the trade of Tyson Berry and gotten Matias Eckholm from Nashville. As he's usually out there with Nurse. Nurse will be patient, and this will be flipped in again across the red line as you get the Go Kings Go chant at Crypto. Again, you have three Los Angeles teams in the playoffs right now between the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Kings. We'll see who can advance past the first round as this goes now between the right side of the wall. Connor McDavid trying to turn on the Jets. Bother Dowdy a little bit, but Anderson will send this back around. Kopitar, good steal. And along the right side boards, as he's patient, he'll throw it in. This will go off the blocker of Stuart Skinner as we've hit about a minute left to go here in the first. We are scoreless. The shots are five aside. I like Kings 26-11-4 at Crypto. Best home record of any Western Conference team. They certainly love that home ice advantage. And that is what they were not able to get, however, because Edmonton was in a fever pitch toward the end of the year. They almost stole the Pacific Division. Yeah, they did. Uh, they really pushed Vegas there at the, at the very end of the season where Vegas was trying to rest some guys up for the playoff. And uh, Edmonton said, uh, no, sir. Stars! 
The LA Kings just gets tipped out of front and down. That's exactly what they needed. Absolutely. Absolutely. They again stole a period from a game where, again, I feel Edmonton was on their heels for a majority of this period, and that's what happens, John. Late in periods, big-time goals there for the Kings with 32.5 left in the first, and the Kings grab a one nothing lead. Uh, that is a huge, huge goal for the LA Kings. Man, Alex Ayafala was in the perfect spot, was he not, for that rebound? Oh, my goodness, he was waiting for it. Uh, like a kid on Christmas, just <laughs> waiting for the Christmas presents to be open. Look at that. Almost missed it, John. <laughs> almost missed it. The puck almost rolled over his shaft of the stick, but he was able to corral it and lacrosse style it into the net. So I also see one of those jackets of Miracle on Manchester. That makes me think about some 80s hockey. Against my these teams. Yes, that's back to my youth right there. <laughs> As this is flipped in here, and now we'll see if the LA Kings will indeed go to the dressing room up 1-0. It's 7-5 shots on goal, but Alex Iafalo puts the Kings up as we go to the break. John, how many times have we saw this in this playoff this year where uh, you know, teams are playing kind of back on their heels like that, just trying to get through the period, and then bam, in the back of the net. And everything that you just did in that first period, or whatever period it may have been in, yeah. goes for not. So, can I say this without throwing a shot to any uh, Maple Leafs fans that may be listening late or anything else like that when it happened multiple times in the same game? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, you're right about that. Uh, if you want... Let's uh, take a look. I don't know if you're using the laptop or everything else to look at some other scores or streams. Do you want to give a uh, score reset of the other games that went final? Yes, sir. Yeah, I can certainly do that. So tonight, uh, the New York Islanders uh, hosted the Carolina Hurricanes. And now most folks would think, hey, that series should be 1-1, but an awful, awful non-call in the overtime of Game 2 led to Carolina's uh, overtime win, 3-2 to two in Game 2. So, Carolina and New York hit the old skies and went back to Long Island tonight. And the New York Islanders took care of business on Long Island, 5-1 to one over the Carolina Hurricanes to make this series two games to one. And, John, that is a very even series, if you will, with the Islanders and the Hurricanes, even though the Canes lead two games to one. Uh, I feel that that series could go either way. If the Islanders can hold serve at home, uh, you're going to have the best of three going back to Carolina with the Islanders uh, maybe holding some momentum there. So that could be a potential upset, if you will, uh, in that series. Also tonight, uh, Boston traveled down to Sunrise, Florida, just on the other side of the state from me, and took care of the Panthers 4-2. to two. That was a 4 nothing Boston lead late in that third period, and the Panthers kind of pumped in two goals late, but it was not enough as the Boston Bruins take a two-games-to-one lead in that series. And honestly, I think if you ask any Boston Bruins player, they're probably going to be lucky, they're going to say they're going to be lucky to have a two-games-to-one lead, because in my opinion, I think the Florida Panthers have outplayed the Boston Bruins in that series uh, thus far. So we'll see what happens in Game 4 there on Sunday in Sunrise. And then right now in St. Paul, the Minnesota Wild, the Dell Stars 2-1, 
uh, in the second period. I am going to take the five minutes in our intermission. Again, I won't commentate over all of it, but I will give a live look in. I'll let you know if anything else goes in between Dallas and Minnesota. I want to hit on a couple points that sure. Don just brought in on the side of it. And first, let's go into an order side for the New York Islanders. Again, admittedly, when I was doing all my capsules and getting all those uh, published, I said Carolina in seven. And when I ended up going through it, and they won the first two games, I'm thinking maybe I overshot that one a little bit. But now, again, with Svechnikov, he was injured going in the playoffs, and now Tivo Teravainen with a broken hand. I was a little concerned, Don, if I'm Carolina, thinking about where's the goal scoring going to come from. And you have Elias Sorokin on the back end of the pipes for the Islanders. Again, as you just said, if they hold serve at UBS, the Hurricanes can find themselves in the same situation they were last year, meaning when they're not in PNC, they don't win games. They didn't win a road game last year in the playoffs. So that could be tough. It is, and 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 I've, again, I don't think the Hurricanes did anything to address their scoring droughts at the trade deadline. I think that was one of the things that they were trying to do, but I don't think they just, they just couldn't find that. Yeah. And when, when you lose uh, Shvetsukov there, you know, again, huge loss, obviously. And it's it's curious to know if they're going to resign him, if he's going to resign with Carolina after this year. Is he going to be gone? Are they going to trade him? Um, but it's interesting. But yeah, the Hurricanes. Again, it's one of those teams where they're kind of like the, I don't want to say the old school New Jersey Devils trap of 95, but they play that similar style. And again, uh, when you get behind, it's very, very difficult to win uh, in that type of atmosphere. So, um, yeah, you know, hey, the Islanders, again, another team kind of like the Panthers, right? Scrapped their way in, clawed their way into the playoffs. And um, it's very difficult to play teams like that that have basically been playing playoff hockey, if you will, since, yeah. well, the end of March. <laughs> so. Well, that's a great call by you because they've had to fight for their life the whole way to get in. I understand, you know, there's a little bit of a far cry, and we'll talk about the other side of it now because you brought that up between Boston and Florida. I agree mm -hmm. with you on the first part. I think Florida has had the better part of the series for the most part. And again, yep. for Alex Lyon, you could fill me in on that. What a story he's been. Oh. Yeah, I mean, this kid came out of, he wasn't even dressing in the NHL come mid-March. And then all of a sudden, this Alex Lyon kid uh, comes out of absolutely nowhere, basically says, Bobrovsky, you go ahead and stay on the bench there and just keep filling the water bottles. Uh, I'll take care of business here in the net since you can't seem to figure it out. And he's done that. He's held the pail for the Florida Panthers. In my opinion, John, he got the Florida Panthers into the playoffs. Yeah. No, there's no doubt about that. And, again, when you, when you think about the situation – we could talk about Boston and their offense and defense, and we know the names, but at the very end of it, you still have to go up against Linus Olmark and Jeremy right. Swayman. So if it's not for Alex Lyon doing what he's doing, I mean, this could be a completely different series. Uh, no, there's it wouldn't even be a series. It'd be three nothing Boston right now. Um, you know, but the, the thing that I think that gets overshadowed a little bit is the, the the Florida Panthers' physicality. They are able to stay punch for punch, throw for throw with the Boston Bruins, which is something Boston hasn't had to do all season long. And Boston's been one of those teams that, yeah, they had 65 wins. I can't You can't take that away from them. But of those 65 wins, how many of those were come from behind wins? How many of those were late wins? How many, you know, I mean, I, I can count a couple of them just against the Red Wings. Um, I don't want to say they were lucky, 
Boston really didn't dominate the regular season like the Red Wings did of 95-96, right? So coming into the playoffs, I didn't really feel Boston was like this heavy favorite that everyone was crowning them to be coming into this. So this series right now, 2-1 Boston, doesn't really surprise me uh, as much as it may do for the national press. Right, and to your point too, because again, I'm not going to belabor any of that. I agree with you actually, and I was asked a couple times some people that I work with, they said, are you picking Boston to win the Stanley Cup? And I said no, and people will give me a funny look, but I actually really like the New York Rangers. Yeah, you, you, stole it. you stole it right there. I have, honestly, I have the Edmonton Oilers and the New York Rangers in the Stanley Cup final. And Edmonton is a good pick, considering if we look at the landscape of the West, uh, uh-huh. who stands out to you? And that, that's kind of the thing. Colorado's lost a lot as far as their depth. They're still a great team, don't get me wrong. But they're not in the same landscape that they were last year, especially when they got to play against uh, Nashville without Yusei Soros. This Seattle team is no joke. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. And you saw that in Game 1 and basically Game 2. Colorado, in my opinion, stole Game 2 at home last night. They were staring 0-2 in the face going into Seattle, which we don't know what that's going to be like tomorrow night. Um, that's going to be fun to watch, first off. But secondly, um, they were staring 0-2 in the face. So Colorado, in my opinion, they don't have the depth they had last year, and I think you mentioned that. They don't have the depth they had going into last year's playoff. Uh, and they have some key injuries, obviously, uh, for the Avs. So they'll probably get to the Seattle series, but don't be surprised this goes seven games. And so that being the case, I think really the winner of this L.A. Edmonton series really could go a long way because you're going to get, um, you know, you're, you're going to get the winner of the Dallas Minnesota series. So, uh, you know, and that's not so that's now. It's not like that's going to be a layup going into the next round. But. No, it's not. But the one thing, to your point, I mean, whoever between Dallas and Minnesota, they're going to be beat up in <laughs> round two. <laughs> exactly. And so they're, you know, they're going to go through that gauntlet. Not to mention, um, you know, the flight from Dallas to Minnesota is probably about two and a half hours. The flight from L.A. to Edmonton is about three. So, you know, there's going to be some travel miles added on to that, too. And as you mentioned, uh, this Edmonton LA series is probably going to go seven games as well, and I think Dallas Minnesota is probably going seven games. So, um, you know, a lot of delta miles there for both teams, and uh, it'll be interesting to see who who can make it out of there because, like you said, both teams are going to be banged up. And you know what? The other thing is going into the Winnipeg uh, Vegas series that just tied one one. Um, this isn't a layup for the Vegas Golden Knights either. No. Now, when you think about uh, Connor Hellebuck on the other end, I mean, he's the guy that you know has the advantage on that end. And, right. I, and I do like Winnipeg as far as uh, Kyle Connor and Mark Shifley and Pierre-Luc Dubois and some other pieces. I know Dubois might be going somewhere else, I'm saying, next year maybe. But uh, they have some of the top-end pieces that can compete, although... Yesterday was really big for Mark Stone to be able to come back from those back issues and get two goals and an assist. And it's one of the situations, too, where it felt like a couple of years ago with Nikita Kucherov with the LTIR, here comes Mark Stone. Yeah, you know, this long-term IR thing is starting to kind of get a little frustrating, and it's going to be interesting to see how the NHL responds to it. Um, I, in my opinion, they're going to have to put something in play where if you don't play a, a percentage of the amount of games throughout the season, so hypothetically, I'll just make up a number. If you don't play 75% of your team's games, or at least available for 75% of your team's games, you don't qualify for the playoffs. 
and it, it might be something that they're going to have to do to do that. It's going to be unfortunate if they have to do that, but it's going to be something to curb that because, again, as you mentioned, Kucherov basically stopped playing in January yeah. and then played in the playoff. Well, I mean, you have a half a season off against guys that have been playing for 82 games. Is that fair? I don't know. You can make the argument. Um and the same thing with Stone. And I love Marcel. Stone's such a great player. I mean, going back to his days in Ottawa and now coming over here to Vegas, uh, he's a likable guy. And, and, and so is Kucherov, too, with Tampa. There's nothing wrong with the guys, but they're just playing the game. But does the NHL have to come in and make a rule, you know, to, to make sure that doesn't happen? We don't know yet. It's probably going to happen. We'll see. Um, and the other problem is, John, do you have the salary cap count towards the playoffs because as of right now it does not so right that's another question you know what's the point of having the salary cap if you're not going to count it in the biggest time of the year so and that's, uh, to your point that's why the ltir comes in where vegas is able to get guys again it's not all the same names but jonathan quick i mean they went through five different right. netminders try to secure some of the other pieces that they need to and then they get in the playoffs and don't have to worry about it which that's a great point by you and, you know, that does that propel them? Because, I mean, they finished two points ahead of the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, if that rule's in place, does Edmonton win that Pacific Division? Probably. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if I'm the Edmonton Oilers, well, again, I don't know. Because then the Edmonton Oilers have to host the Winnipeg Jets. I don't know if that's a positive or not. But, uh, you know, I, I know it's an all-Canadian matchup. That would be great. Yeah, well, we'll see, and we'll we'll figure out what's going to happen for the rest of this. I know the other day it was a huge response for the Toronto Maple Leafs to go back and punch Tampa right in the mouth, but it was kind of an ugly scene there for uh, Michael Bunting the other day when he got that suspension. And again, he's one of those guys that's going to be up for free agency, and if I'm thinking about that for Detroit, I'm going to say no. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm hard pass on Bunting. Uh, I, I'll tell you, first off with Bunting, I've never liked his game. I, I, I think he tries to be too much of a Brad Marchand without Brad Marchand's skill. Right. And the, the thing that sours me the most about him was the fact that, and maybe it's not his fault, but the fact that he was in the Calder running last year with uh, with Mo Snyder. In my opinion, he was 27 years old. Uh, yeah, granted, he had played the most you know most games as a pro, yeah. so that qualified him. But in my opinion, he was not a Calder candidate. Uh, the only reason he was a Calder candidate is because he played in you know probably the NHL's most media friendly city of Toronto, and that's the only reason he got into that to that setting. So, in my opinion, uh, John, I don't think Nick Bunting makes probably twenty eight of the thirty two NHL team rosters right now. Honestly. Um, there's just not a place for his game. Uh, there was an absolute cheap shot that he threw there in game yeah, one, yeah. and this was completely the correct call. Yeah, he, um, he got Eric Chernak pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it just threw the shoulder out there. He was trying to say it was shoulder to shoulder. I'm like, no, that was shoulder to chin. Um, you just can't do that. And, and, and it's not a play we need in this game. It's not a play we need in this game. And it's, it's frustrating to see that these guys just don't respect each other. That's a play you don't even have to make a hit on. Follow the guy to the corner, put him into the corner. I'm fine with that. But to to throw your shoulder out there to, in, in his face, it, for a guy that Bunting wants to be, just it's not needed in this league. So, well, and to your point again from last year, you would think about Bunting and say, yeah, he's a pretty good player. But from this year, the production's down a little bit. Now, 
the the mouth and everything else has started to ratchet up. He's got that uh, persona around the league where the refs are certainly calling it tight, but that's from his own doing, and right. that's going to you know, cost you some dollars. And, and you know, and 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 Sheldon Keith there for the. Uh, by the way, it's three to one uh, Minnesota now. Um, Sheldon Keith there for the for so the Toronto Maple Leafs, the head coach. You know, he's like, look, I've tried to have a heart to heart with this guy, but he's just not getting it. He's just not getting it. So when the head coach is saying that, I feel like game one was his chance to kind of rejuvenate himself, maybe uh, you know, put the past behind, and he couldn't do it. He drew a stupid penalty early in that game, which put Toronto behind. They put Tampa on the power play, which we all know Tampa's power play. I don't have to describe that. And, and, and it cost his team a goal right off the rip. So, you know, even when he's back from suspension, I, I don't know if they dress him. He's probably going to be up in the popcorn stand for the Toronto Maple Leafs here the rest of the way. Yeah, he's, I can definitely tell you this. He's not going to be a top six forward. No, sir. Absolutely not. And it's unfortunate. But uh, you mentioned uh, the only series we haven't talked about so far is the Rangers and the Devils. And, you know, the Devils were a team, but they ride a 14-game winning streak, and then they had one, I think, 12 or 13 or something like that going in halfway through the season. So they kind of have a team that's rode two big winning streaks. Uh, and that's a credit to them. That's great. They have a very young squad. Um but, again, youth sometimes doesn't do well against veteran presence, as the New York Rangers have. And the New York Rangers are absolutely showing that uh, in this series against the New Jersey Devils. Because, too, Don, for me, it's for all the strengths that New Jersey has, and I don't take any discredit on any of that other end, <laughs> the New York Rangers are still right there, plus they have all the experience, as you said, and you got Igor Sesterkin. Oh, don't forget about Tarasenko. Right. If Tarasenko is able to add a point a night for the New York Rangers, that is exactly what the Rangers were missing last year against the Tampa Bay Lightning in that Eastern Conference Final. Had Tarasenko been on that team last year, going into that Eastern Conference Final, I think they would have blown the doors off the Lightning last year. But they didn't have that second-line scoring or that third-line scoring. This year they have it with Kane, and they have it with Tarasenko. And I'm telling you, the New York Rangers right now are probably – one of the most dangerous teams uh, in the NHL that nobody seems to be talking about. Yeah, because when you think about it, too, and the reason why I said that I wasn't picking Boston, I, I think the Eastern <laughs> Conference is a bloodletting. It's a gauntlet oh. no matter what. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, when you have the Rangers, I mean, if it's going to be Rangers-Boston, I'm going to be glued into oh. that with all four of my eyes on that oh, side. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, That's going to be a great series. You know, even if, you know... Here's the thing. If we get, if the Islanders somehow upset the Carolina Hurricanes, we could possibly get Islanders Rangers second round. That'd be great. Get your popcorn ready for that one. Yeah, and then we'll finally get to see who the best goaltender in New York is because Sorokin <laughs> and Sesterkin are really, really you know, good. Absolutely, and that's going to be fun. And if you think Rangers Devils is dirty, wait till you see Islanders Rangers. Holy shnikes. Yeah, that's, that's going to be. <laughs> That well, even Rangers Carolina is going to be dirty. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> either way, we're going to get some good stuff. So, uh, great time to be a hockey fan for sure. It is. I know we're going to be getting very close here to the uh, second period. It's a one nothing lead. It was 1927 period. Alex, I have followed with this second of the playoffs from Matt Roy and Anze Kopitar. So, how it is to be a goalie in this game right now, and Stuart Skinner, 6 out of 7, and Corpusello, 5 out of 5, a little bit of light work right now for the first period. Yeah, you know, and, and I think, again, I think both teams, 
again, didn't get off to the good the footing and get into the game with, with, with drawing, I guess you could say, silly penalties there. Uh, mostly, I mean, when, you, when, when that happens, you know, you have to play your, your top two lines. And when your top two lines have to play, well, lines three and four don't get into the game. And that kind of gets you behind the eight ball. And I think that's... I think that's been a, a, a detriment to the LA Kings and maybe even the Edmonton Oilers a little bit. So I think the Edmonton is going to stay out of the penalty box and, and, and do what they do. Take the puck to the net and make Corpusello work for those saves because right now he hasn't had to do anything. So we will see what changes right now as we are just underway for second period puck drop. It's McDavid trying to drive the lane. He'll send this back for Evan Burchard. He'll fake it, let it go through the traffic. Corpusello says no on the first one. And this will be put across the left side wall. Here comes the bomb from Eckel, and this will fall right back to him as he gets taken down. And this will get across the LA Kings logo with 19:20 left to go in the first drawn under within the play-by-play -play alongside Dung Tottingham. As we have play-by-play uh, -play play and color respectively, and we get a stoppage with 19:19. And that's a good start by the Edmonton Oilers. I think that's a good shift for the first line uh, coming out of the, coming out here in the second period. And again, I think they need to establish their their strengths here in the second period and get this game evened up as quickly as possible. So we are taking a look at some of the physicality, some of the hits, and mm -hmm. anytime I see Connor McDavid on the ice, LA, they've done a great job in this series. As we said, they average about four goals per LA. They're at right there. Uh, Edmonton, excuse me, at 3.96. LA's got them about 210, 230 in the Pacific Division foes on that end. And McDavid has just one point in this series right now. I know it's not all about points for Connor, and he's not going to care about that. You want to win the four games, but LA's done a great job against him. Well, you know, you notice the Kings, every time McDavid's on the ice, there's not a black or white jersey that far away from him. Right. So he's not getting time and space. And that's what you got to be able to do, because he can create yeah. it with the best of them. So CT will send this back around here for Leon Dreisettle. And Dreisettle, again, you can't cover everybody. He's had a great series so far. <laughs> this is a backhanded sauce. Big save by Corpusalo. He's got to get back in the net. And this will get sent back down and collected here for Cody Cece as he gains the red line. Edmonton going to take some full, uh, wholesale line changes here for their offense. And this will go left to right now as the LA Kings dodge a couple of hits. Campe will throw a stick out there and the pass gets deflected. And this will be collected here by Anderson Dolan. And now uh, Gulak will get a piece of it. And this will be sent back the other way. Fogel had this bounce away from him. Vincent DeHarnay will brush it. And this will be collected, put across the neutral zone again as Edmonton is kind of just stuck at that spot right now as Derek Ryan will take a look at it. This will fall back to Jonas Corpusella, Gunstrom. He gets hit. Villiardi will drop this one back to Dursey. Dursey will survey, and he'll make his outstretched pass to Alex Iafalo. He's got the lone goal in this game of the last 21 seconds of the first period. You know what that can be? Crushers at the end of a period when you score a goal. This has been the best two minutes I think the Edmonton Oilers have played uh, in this game. Here to start the second period. They're trying to force the LA Kings as much as they can right now and stop the cutoff time and space as this is collected toward the right side wall. Clem Costin will flip it back around as Corpusala will take a look at it in the butterfly holding on to the right post. And now send this in the middle of a slot as this gets blocked. There was three LA Kings blocking that slap shot from McLeod, and this will get collected there. And now Gunstrom has it. Send this across with Rasmus Kupari as this will be put across the kick plate. Anderson Dolan tried to throw a couple of sticks at it. And this will be flipped in as this gets pinched. 
And now recollected by the LA Kings right in through center. They'll gain the entry off the drop. It's McEwen. And this is a long wrist shot that's held by Stuart Skinner. Up to St. Paul, Minnesota, John, 3-1. to one. The Wild lead the Dallas Stars with 5-49 and 49 left in that second period. That is one hell of a answer, Don, from the last yep. game where Dallas just pretty much blew their doors off. Yeah, Dallas, uh, Dallas took it to Minnesota there in game two. Uh, it would be, and the, the question was, what were they going to do on the road? And you're seeing it kind of a floundering by the Dallas Stars. Um, Dallas, I think, needs to regroup. I think they need to find themselves because Dallas was one of those teams where it's like, okay, you know, they were hot and they were cold and they were hot and they were cold. Um, probably should have won the division. They gave it back to Colorado yeah. because they couldn't finish. So is that what's going to happen here in the playoffs? It certainly looks that way. And I know there was a couple Dallas fans that were reaching out to me and they were asking about Dean Evison's decisions. I think he knew he was going to go in the Hornets' nest in Game 2. They let Marc-Andre Fleury take it. They knew they had some injuries. They were going to bounce back in Game 3 in a big way. And Gustafson, he's kind of stole the show a little bit. He's been excellent in net for Minnesota. Absolutely. Minnesota's playing with house money. so. I really agree with you on that. And you would think Dallas is the favorite. Again, I picked them in 7 as far as the capsule side. This is a crazy play in behind the net for Corpusalo, but this is a long wrist shot that he found. He tried to make a pass in behind the net. That was almost dangerous. Yeah, some of these goaltenders uh, looking to come out of the net there uh, doesn't usually bode that well anymore in the NHL. <laughs> kind of makes your heart skip a beat. Yes, it does, especially if you're wearing the old black and silver there. So, um, absolutely. Eight shots, shots are now eight. Eight, to, eight to eight now, right? Eight to eight here for both teams. Yes, they are. Not a lot of activity here with 16-14, but as Don said, I think it was an apropos call there. That's exactly what the Kings want. Try to lock exactly. up the Oilers as much as they can. They like to play as an 80s, 90s style hockey club and score, score, score. And they're not going to be able to do that right now against L.A. And sometimes, John, frustration starts to set in. And uh, how is Edmonton going to overcome that? We're about to find out here in the, in the second period. So 15-50 left to go in the second. Here's a good drive toward the forehand. Try to wrap it around. Corpusalo holds on to that right post. As this will get recollected here by Edmonton. And spun back around the embankment. It's RNH who's carrying an assistance A. Spin and turn off the shot. And this will be bounced off the side of the net. And then recollected by LA. Here's a good back pass. That will get this left to right. Joey Anderson and offsides are the LA Kings. Still, a good, a good first five minutes here for the Edmonton Oilers here in the second period. Uh, they, sh they should be pretty happy with it. They only have to build off this. And, uh, you know, Corpusello now has faced ten shots in this game and has looked really good, um, albeit come out of the net here a couple times there, maybe a little too comfortable. But this is what the Edmonton Oilers needed here in the second period, to come out strong and push back a little bit here on the Kings. And when you look at the Kings, you see the Kings captain there as they showed that five points in this playoff series right now. And again, he's been here for a long time. Anze Kopitar still one of the very best. He led his team in point scoring still. How is he so underrated in this league? That's what I don't understand. I'm right there with you, Don, on that end. I think that's a question that does not have an answer as this is collected now and stolen 
by Edmonton with Evander Kane, the wrong guy to give it to, as this is sent back around the end boards, but a good back check here by the LA Kings, will be able to force some body contact, and Matt Roy will dump it in, but it's too far, it's iced. 75 points for Andre Kopitar in the playoffs for his entire career, are you kidding? I mean, I don't know how this guy is not talked about by the national media, I really don't. Um, I, I don't know if it's just because he plays out west and they're 10-30 starts, I, yeah. I really don't know. But it's it, it really blows my mind, especially with the media hub there in, in Los Angeles. I, I just don't know how he doesn't get the love. And, Don, this is probably an obvious statement on my part, but with the multiple cup wins alongside uh, Daryl Sutter, he had Jonathan Quick. Yeah. Well, Anse Kopitar is a Hall of Famer, is he not? No question. No, there's yeah. absolutely no question. He may be a first ballot Hall yeah. of Famer. I mean, 75 points in, in, what was it, 26 playoff games? Yeah. That's uh, just unreal. Uh, yeah, I mean, two cups. <laughs> what else do you want him to do? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so it's set back around now for the L.A. Kings. This will be some more contact as this will touch the stick of Skinner. This will be an easier play, or at least it looked like it was going to be as this is sent back down the ice. Will we get a hybrid ice? No, it'll be beat up by McLeod. He's going to take a spill and lose an edge, and this will allow Miller to send this the other way as Rasmus Kupari out there with Gabe Villardi. And there's some good body contact as one of the Oilers goes flying, but there's a hand in the air, and when the Kings touch the Oilers and their power play, they're going to go to work. Just what the doctor ordered. Just what the doctor ordered here for the Edmonton Oilers. Alex follow getting uh, roughed up a little bit by Clint Costin, and the trip is the call. Probably could have swallowed the whistle there on that one, but, uh, you know, Edmonton has worked their way here in the first uh, six minutes and three seconds of this second period, and John I, I maybe deserved a call. Well, I guess it is a trip now that I see the replay. Um Maybe deserve to call there. So, to your, to your point, they've certainly uh, upped that work ethic, and they've been uh, outplaying the LA Kings in the second period at this point. No doubt, no doubt. Nice Ferris wheel shot there as TNT fades out to a commercial break here. Six oh three is the Alexander Edler tripping on Warren Fogle. That's the official call. So I'm going to give you the stats in particular that I got in front of the ESPN box. So it's 12 shots to 8 in favor of Edmonton, 30 hits to 21 in favor of the LA Kings, and the faceoff circle favor of the Kings as well, 12 to 9. And the hits is the key for the Kings. If they can play physical against the Edmonton Oilers, that limits what Connor McDavid can do in his time and space. So if they continue to do that, they're probably going to win this game uh, with that omen. So uh, if, Edmonton, if, if Los Angeles can keep the physicality with Edmonton Oilers, that slows them down. And if you slow Edmonton down, we know what happens. They can't score goals. So is that something the Kings can finish out? Well, we'll see. Uh, this is a golden opportunity right here for the Edmonton Oilers on this power play. Uh, to tie this game up at 1-1, uh, in a game really, in my opinion, John, they, they really have been outplayed by the Kings. Yeah, throughout large stretches here, it's only for the last about 6.30, as Don was saying, that yeah. the Edmonton's kind of found their footing. Edmonton of note in game two, they had just one power play. They scored on it. So now they have an opportunity to try to even this game right now with tons of time left. 
You know, and it's funny, but these two teams have played four times this year. The Edmonton Oilers had 17 power plays against the L.A. Kings and scored on four of them during the regular season. I know the regular season doesn't mean anything come playoff time, but you got to wonder yes. how can the Kings hold them off. That is something that you definitely carry into because ask that about other teams. I know they play each other four times, as you said, but you're not going to hold the Edmonton Oilers power play like that. I mean, the L.A. Kings right. have certainly found some kind of elixir that's worked for them as this is collected now near the left side of the red line. It's kept in by Evan Burchard, sends it across. Now back to Burchard as he fakes the slap shot in the high slot. It's RNH, now Evan. We'll get this across, Connor McDavid. Burchard still patient. Here's Connor, crisscross again with Burchard. He lets the slap shot go. This gets expertly blocked and an easy clear down the ice for the LA Kings. The Edmonton Oilers outscored the LA Kings this year 10-9. So 40% of the Edmonton Oilers' goals against the LA Kings this year were on the power play. It's time for them to step up for the Oilers right now. They're going to need to do so as McDavid with a drive-by. That shot goes wide from dry settle and flip back down the ice. This could be a race for the puck, but the long four-checker there for the LA Kings will go ahead and take their change smartly. And Edmonton's power play is down to a minute left. 12.55 left to go in the third. Is That's a great stick and drag. Sent back across for RNH. And this will be flipped back around. L.A. will get this out again. Edmonton's power play hasn't done anything just yet. Nope, they're struggling to get the puck in the zone. They're not dumping and chasing like they normally would do. And let their skilled players go into the corners and get the loose pucks. So here's number 97. He gets around some body contact of Adrian Kempe. Drop it here for R.N.H. And now Bouchard. Bouchard will drag. Leave it here for Nugent Hopkins. Send this across. It's Dreisaitl. Now Burchard, back in the high slot. Connor McDavid lets it go. Ripper scores! There you go. There you go, John. That is exactly what the Edmonton Oilers needed right there. Connor McDavid with an absolute oh. ripper off the top of the right, and it's a tie game. What an unbelievable wrist shot. Off the bar, down and in, from about 35 feet away in between the dots. Oh, my goodness gracious. That is just not fair, ladies and gentlemen. It's not. It's really not. And I, you, you almost feel bad for Corpus <laughs> on the shot. Mike, look at this. Oh, my. Oh, my goodness. As Don said, you talk about perfect placement, but the speed. 22 postseason goals for McDavid, and we know that's going to continue to climb. The only thing left in that man's resume is a Stanley Cup, and that's what he wants this year. And, John, you notice... Nobody in a black jersey around Connor McDavid as he took the shot. Yeah, no, you just called that. You're trying to cut off the time and space, and he had plenty of it near the left circle. Here's a stretch pass, and this is a good back check by Jersey. That could have been a breakaway, and Edmonton, all of a sudden, the lights have come on. A drive to the net, saved by Corpusalo. Back pass, here's a scrum for the puck, and Corpusalo thankfully can get a hold of it. Corpus Hill so far has been the, di the difference in this series for the for the LA Kings. It's just really kept them alive. Because in game one, that king could have been 6-1 to one Edmonton. Uh, Corpus Hill held his ground and is doing the same thing tonight uh, so far here in the second period. And I believe TNT was saying that Zach McEwen's going to go to the box for LA. Yeah. Did they not just learn? Yes, uh, Bukestad took a high stick, and it looks like the Kings are going to be shorthanded. Well... That just means that you can go ahead and double shift old 97 here, Don. I, 
you know what? At this point, we're halfway through the hockey game. Uh, you're riding a little bit of momentum. You have the Kings back on their heels. You've dominated the second period. Um, I wouldn't say you're going to pull the goaltender here, but yes, I'm double shifting 97. <laughs> so Dreisaitl will go ahead and take the draw. They kind of mix and match that in between Connor McDavid. Again, high sticking is the call against McEwen. And this is sent back here in the high slot. Here's Connor. He's in his office. Here's a slap shot. Nugent Hopkins. And that, I don't know if it went off the bar, but it did get a piece of Corpusalo. As now Edmonton really buzzing. Here's McDavid. Gets around the stick lift. Drop there in the high slot for Dreisaitl. And that one gets sent down the ice. How did Edmonton not score on that one? His chest on McDavid. But he gets right back up. And now he has the puck from RNH. As this is back in the high slot. Here's Connor. He just took a hit. Now he gets a chance to maybe make a play as this will get sent back down. And now moved around here for Connor. Here's a stretch pass for Dreisaitl. Dreisaitl now patient off the forehand. Send it back for Bouchard. Connor McDavid in the left circle. Now he lets it go and scores again! Forget it. If you're going to allow McDavid in 97 just to dance around out there all by himself, you're going to pay the price. And that's exactly what happened. This is an exhibition here, Don, and Connor McDavid is showcasing his skills. He took a hit, took a, a clean hit, hip to hip, gets back up, circles around, and dances around. The Kings don't come out to play him, leave him wide open. You cannot give Connor McDavid that much time to fire the puck at the net. Just You, you can't do it. Dowdy's got to get out there. He's got to get up further out front and block that shot and, and, and contest it. He did not do that there. Um, maybe wind it a little bit with the PK. But you can't leave Conor McDavid. You can't allow Conor McDavid to skate in to the faceoff dot uncontested against your goaltender. It's going to go in the back of that every single time. Because what you mentioned, again, this was only about five minutes ago, and that was because of a quick power play experience for Edmonton when they scored on both. You just right. said that the LA Kings are doing a great job getting out and making sure that Connor didn't have any space, and now all of a sudden in these next two power plays, they gave him all the space in the world, and he made him pay near the left out both times. And now all of a sudden, John, two for three on the power play for yeah. the Edmonton game. So again, 66% of their goals, well, 100% of their goals then are on the power play. <laughs> But, again, going back to the regular season, four of ten of their goals in the regular season were on the power play. So, uh, I guess if you're going to live by the sword. <laughs> yeah. And 15 to 8 are the shots on goal, by the way, for the Edmonton Oilers here. Scores! The LA Kings get a power play on an unsportsmanlike from Dreisaitl. This pass goes off the backboard and then slap shot it in. This game is madness. Bad placement there by Skinner, I think, there for the Edmonton Oilers. So he just didn't come out and play the puck, allowed to come off the boards. And uh, I guess Lady Luck is on the King's side uh, to tie this game at two. That is absolutely ridiculous. You don't often see a 150-foot base <laughs> and off the boards. Kempe walks into a one tee essentially, and it beats yep. Skinner. Terrible penalty, by the way, by the Edmonton Oilers after they've had taken a 2-1 to one lead. Stupid little slash on the ankles there on, on uh, 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 Dodgery there. And leads to the power play, which I guess at this point probably led to um, uh, uh, Kempe being wide open uh, for that shot. 
Oops. Yeah, I was dry saddle that got called for a slash on the legs, which is yeah. really ill-conceived and ill-timed, considering yes. you just scored, took the lead, and then allowed the LA Kings to go right back and put this one in. And this game has certainly uh, turned. Kepe with eight points in his last five playoff games there for the LA Kings. Uh, uh, unsung hero, if you will, for the LA Kings at this point. I mean, Don, when we're looking at the replay there, I mean, the only way you get that open is if you're in a video game and practice by yourself. Yeah, and even that might be a stretch. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that is... Uh, you almost can't even. That looks like the old uh, boards there at Jolo's Arena. <laughs> Bad boy bounced back off there. My goodness. It certainly did. And now McLeod off the drop. Here comes the bomb for Kane. And this one saved five hole by Corpusalo. Again, there's 15 shots to nine, but we got four goals on the board between these two teams. And it's all power play goals for the most part here. It's all power play, especially in the second period. There's about 9.30 left to go in this middle frame. This has been a lot of fun. Again, Don Tottingham has been very happy to be able to join me with this. I'm glad to have him here as we take this in for the first time and call a game. I think it's been going well, my friend, and I think this has been a great game that we chose so far. Absolutely. This has been fun. I knew this was going to be fun. As I mentioned before, two of the top teams in the West, uh, in my opinion, and... Uh, you know, this was a great game to call tonight, and, you know, it was a little boring there in the first period, if you will, um, shooting-wise, but now we've kind of got back into our 1988-style LA Kings. <laughs> I have to So, 9.06 left to go here in the middle frame. It's a 2-2 game, and the last three goals, all three of them, started at 7.42, 9.22, and 9.40, respectively, all on the power play within the last less than two minutes, minute, minute and 58 seconds. I think I'm more impressed with the amount of Edmonton Oilers fans that are down there in Los Angeles tonight. A lot of orange and blue in the crowd tonight. I, I have to respect that. My hat's off to them. It's unbelievable. Absolutely on that end. And then the other thing that we can talk about in this series, again, it was only a matter of time. Again, Don and I wouldn't say otherwise. But Connor McDavid with his first two goals in the series, and no surprise, they come on the power play. And as Don astutely said, when he had that space on the left side of the dot, he just had all day to shoot. But that second goal is something of supreme magnificence because he took a big hit into the neutral zone, popped right back up. He got the space. Dowdy elected to go for a shot block. He couldn't get there in time, and it's in the back of the net. The other thing is, as you mentioned about double shifting the 97 line, that's exactly what the Edmonton Oilers did on that power play, and it, it proved to, to, to score the second goal of the game. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing for the Edmonton Oilers going forward. Uh, they're going to need some uh, second-line scoring there on the power play uh, going forward in the series. But again, when you need your horses to get going, uh, that's exactly what Edmonton dialed up there. Uh, now they got to see if you can get some... Some second layer scoring, if you will, for the Edmonton Oilers here. I think that's what they've been missing in this playoff so far, uh, is that second layer. Yes, they have. And when we're looking at uh, Ryan Friesen, he's a Jets fan on the YouTube side. He was saying before this, he goes, Mick regular season is getting frustrated. I love it. Well, he certainly broke out right on that end. You can't <laughs> let him go on the power play. No, sir, you cannot. You're going to pay dearly if you do. 
So this game has certainly took on a whole new tenor, and again, I felt like I said that a couple times throughout a few of these series, and that was game one I covered in the double overtime with the Ryan Hartman goal. This game kind of feels like that kind of tenor right now as Connor McDavid wins the draw, and essentially McDavid, he can try to get three goals in this period as here comes the bomb, Corpusella will brush it aside, and now Arvidsson will send it the other way. It's a 2-2 game now with 8.50 left to go in the second. And the LA Kings, there is going to be a penalty called as Dowdy got hit hard way away from the camera well that we couldn't see. Yeah, uh, looks like a little bit of a shoulder there. Uh, definitely an interference call. Um, caught Dowdy kind of, uh, uh, I guess, a little off balance a little bit there. He'll be no worse for wear. He's Michigan Wolverine, so he'll be good. But. Uh, Probably the right call. It was on Kane, I think, for the Edmonton Oilers. So we're going to get a chance to look at this now. And Evander Kane. Uh, oh, his face into the boards, Dowdy. He took a hard hit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was kind of turning from the blue. You'll see right here on the replay. Kind of turned towards it. Uh, I, man. It, it, it's unfortunately... <sighs> I could Kane have let up there, John? I, I, I don't know. But, man, it's, to me it's a hockey play. But, you know, Dowdy turns his back. So you're supposed to let up, I guess. But. So we're going to have offsetting penalties. Okay. There you go. So Vander Kane is really giving it to the officials right now. And he is none too pleased. So if you have Doughty for interference, then how can that be roughing on Kane? That's, that's my question. <laughs> Here's another. We just talked about that in the first period when you had Victor Arvidsson going to the room and getting a penalty. And I don't see what Doughty did, if I'm being honest. I, I, I don't know either, so I say let it play on. Uh, I mean, he throws a little. That's a little interference right there. Probably the right call, but that propels him into the boards. So I don't understand how this can be a penalty on Kane. Uh, if you're going to call interference, well, then he interferes with the Edmonton Oilers player to make his play. Uh, you know, if you take it to the boards, I, I, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I, I, I think it's a horrible call. I say neither team should have been penalized. So right now, again at 11:07, and I agree with Don's point. I'm just looking at it from what it's shown on my box is Evander Kane for rough and Drew Doughty, and Drew Doughty interference on Kane. And it's a four-on-four four for two minutes here. 18 shots on goal in the nine in favor of Edmonton. But the scoring explosion, there's been three of them in the second period. And Dowdy and Kane are exchanging words in the separate boxes. <laughs> and, and, you know, and again, this has been a great game here in the second period. And we kind of go back to where we were in the first period with these penalties. And uh, Unfortunately, it just, it, it just gets in the way of this clean game we've had in the second period. And, I'm not sure really who this benefits. It probably benefits the Kings more than it does the Oilers. We shall see right now as it's 8.30 left to go on the second, and this is sent back down. Again, 18 shots to nine as we talked about. Not a lot going on on that end, but the goals, the power plays, everything else has been very active between these two teams. You have the very best power play in the league in the Oilers, historic at that, alongside the fourth best power play in the L.A. Kings. We know both of these teams can score. Maybe that's where we're headed right now. Drysaddle, great. Poke check. This could be a 2 on 0. Here is Arvidsson. Cross extra. Oh, off the right side of the bar. 
My goodness gracious. Harvardson gets a chance to recollect now. This is a huge bullet dodge for the Edmonton Oilers. Now Harvardson, that's followed up by Skinner. I can't believe what we just saw there, Don. Shots are 13-3 to right now in favor of the Edmonton Oilers here in the second period, and they give up a 2-on-0, and Skinner, of all players, bails the Edmonton Oilers out on a 2-on-0 breakaway for the Kings. Unbelievable. That's kind of what you want there off that give-go and give-right-back, but that was a great hold and stretch near that right post to keep it out. It was Arvidsson and Dan O. What a, you know what? Looking back... What a pickup for the Kings, getting Arvidsson uh, from the National Pressures to come in here and, and, and really be a huge catalyst for the L.A. Kings here in this playoff. And I could, I could say the same thing, Don, about uh, Philip Dano for Montreal. It'll be a little question. bit of a lockdown on the two-way forward. Both those guys have been excellent. Now they're glad to have Arvidsson back here for this playoffs. He wasn't available last year. There's That's seven more. Try to send this back around now. DeHarnay will cancel it off, and Edmonton will send this back down, the four-on-four. Four. It's been very heavily favored here for offense. We've seen a lot of it in the second period as it's a 2-2 tie, and we're trying to see who wins this pivotal swing game to go up 2-1. Long wrist shot. This one gets blocked aside by Stuart Skinner. I'd say Skinner, he's been pretty good on a couple of the opportunities that could have certainly been a goal on that last sequence as Yamamoto will get this back the other way. And now this will be an opportunity. Darnell Nurse off the backhand. He'll go ahead and take his change. He'll just dump it in. As Edmonton has this in behind the office of Corpus Allo. As this gets recollected near the right side wall. Edmonton, here comes a slap shot, DeHarnay. And this one will get blocked. DeHarnay probably has a chance to pick this up. Yes, he does, near the left side of the blue line. As there is some severe body contact near the left side of the red line now. Vander Kane back out there. He was just really upset alongside with Doughty about the penalty call against him. And we know the former boxer can do some damage, even on the scoreboard as well. As this gets collected now, Kane has it. Send this as this hits off the embankment near the left side wall. Edmonton patient off of this and matriculating this around the horn. This will go back now for Edmonton. Great puck movement. Waving in and shooting. And that one was uh, blocker to side before another hit gets finished off by Kane and sent back down the ice. This will go against the Kings. Kane is a great player when he just plays the game. When he starts to get off his game and starts arguing with the referees and, for lack of a better term, running his mouth out there is when he gets his team in trouble. And if he can just focus in and play his game, he's dynamite. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more, Don, because he also he can score, he can skate, and he can provide Bingo. that grit and sandpaper. He does it all. And it would look good in the winged wheel, I'm just saying. But, um, again, he is... A great, great player if he would just play his game and just stop letting uh, some of the little nuances of the game uh, take over with him. You saw just before he was going to the penalty box there arguing with the referee and McDavid just kind of had to tap him there on his leg and say, hey, just get in the box, man. We'll, we'll, we'll kill it off for you. Yeah, no doubt about it. Here's a stretch shot, and this is picked off by Corpusalo near the left post, but this is in behind the net trying to look for a centering pass. This one bounces off of Kempe. And now picked up near the left side of the red line. And this is some good forechecking here is Eckholm. He's been an excellent pickup from the Nashville Predators. Wrap right back around, and this is recollected again. He was at a plus-minus of an even zero. He was about plus 20 
since coming over from the trade deadline. He's absolutely transformed the defense here for Edmonton, and that's what they really need. They already score enough as this is sent back around. And now Skinner will take a look at it as we get a very long look in behind the net. And essentially a timeout back there for Evan Burchard as they get all their personnel ready to go the other way. Right to left for the rest of the second period, it's Brett Kulak. We'll put this in across the red line, and this will, I believe, be iced 454. It is. Shots are 19-12 to 12 in favor of the Edmonton Oilers here uh, in the second period. They've outshot the uh, L.A. Kings, I believe, if my math is correct. I'm a history major, so that is going to be, what, 13 or 12 to 5 uh, in favor of Edmonton here in the second period. And they've picked it up a little bit. Um, again, I think uh, the goal there by uh, Kempe to tie the game at 2 has kind of taken the steam off what Edmonton was kind of building up there uh, when they had a 2-1 to one lead. Uh, but, John, as you, you you see, it looks like the Kings kind of laid off the physicality a little bit, and they're kind of back on their heels and got that goal to tie it two and kind of right back into their game plan. For me and the L.A. Kings, and to your point, it never really seems like they're bothered, no matter what the situation <laughs> is. With Todd McClellan and the rest of his squad and their team, they always seem to play their game no matter what the scoreline is. I know Very sometimes, Yeah, they are. And I know sometimes that's a thing that people say, well, that's an obvious statement or it goes without saying. But, <laughs> the, L but the L.A. Kings, they really do. They do that better than most teams. You know, and it's, it, it's again, uh, that's kind of who they've been all season long. Um, and it, it, if you haven't followed the Kings this season at all, you've really missed out on some really good hockey um, out there in Los Angeles. So the Kings have been... One of those teams that a lot of people say, oh, they're a surprise. It's not a surprise to me. No. A uh, team that's been building for a while and, uh, you know, coming into last year's playoff, I mean, probably one of the better first-round series last year was Edmonton and Los Angeles. And, uh, you know, they had a 3-2 lead against the Edmonton Oilers last year and, you know, of course, lost game six and seven. Uh, and the rest is history, but, uh, you know. And this is all alongside uh, Rob Blake, and this team was supposed to be in a rebuild. They've kind of done it on right. the fly over the last three years. Absolutely. Yeah, they were supposed to be the Anaheim Ducks. I mean, they were supposed to be in a full rebuild, and it just never materialized. Some of the guys just came along and uh, just kind of fit in. So, good for them. That's a good thing. Yeah, and you, I can't believe it, but I know we touched on this in the broadcast, still kind of spearheaded for Manze Kopitar and Drew Doughty, too. Right. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And it's almost you wonder if the Kings didn't really want to let that go away uh, with, with what they have. By the way, up in St. Paul, still 3-1 to one Minnesota as they lead the Dallas Stars uh, early in that third period, 19-46 and 46 to go there in the third period in St. Paul. So we will continue to monitor that one and see who takes it to one series lead. And that's what we're waiting for in this right now. As this has been a th second period that's had three different tallies all on the power plays. As it's a couple goals for Connor McDavid as he's kind of got off the schneid, but he's never really been in one anyway. It's just the LA Kings defense. But again, it kind of crumbled a little bit. He got some space near that left circle. That's kind of where Ovechkin likes to shoot. Connor McDavid made no mistake when he's able to rip on a couple of those. So we're about 4.05 left to go. And here's some good body contact by CeCe, but this will go to the Kings. Here's an open stretch pass, and this may go the other way here for Edmonton. 
as Burchard off the drop, dry settle, quick backhand move, patient, and it's got blocked by McEwen. This will be picked up now by Nurse. Nurse will get it across in the high slot as Edmonton looks to start again near the right dot. In the middle of the circle, that was a snapper, and that was fired wide by Kaori Yamamoto. He'd want better there. And this is recollected into the neutral zone as in the LA Kings might have got away with a trip. They'll go ahead and take a change with 3.30 left to go in the second. John out here with you on the play-by-play, -play, joined by Don Tottingham as we got the color covered on that, and he's joining me for the first time, and I've really enjoyed this broadcast with him. Happy to have him along as this is picked up now. 2-2 is the score line with about 3.15 left in the second. We're at Crypto.com Arena at home. Puts us around the kick plate as one of the LA Kings gets taken down pretty hard and now near the right side of the blue line. And toward a left dot turnaround shot. That one's found by Corpusalo in the catching glove. Evander Kane, John. 24 goals against the LA Kings in the last three seasons. That goals seems, against the Kings. That seems like a lot because he hasn't been here all that long. Exactly. <laughs> but remember, he has played in that Western Conference. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, he's kind of lighting the Kings up there a little bit. Now, some of that's not fair because the Kings weren't competitive there for a couple of those years. But um, that's, a, that's a player you got to kind of watch out for. It seems to me he has L.A. Kings' number. Yeah, he does. He has a great playoff series last year, mm -hmm. again, on that side. As this is driven to the net, turnaround shot. And there was just a host of humanity in front of the net, and somehow the L.A. Kings... Able to put this left or right. Now they'll pick it up as Byfield gets taken for a ride. He is the second round or second pick in the draft, I should say, from a couple of years ago. The youngster getting some playoff time. This Kempe. This gets settled back down with a hand. He picks it right back up. Your drop pass. This goes just maybe intentionally wide off the kick plate and picked up behind the net for the LA Kings. Byfield still on this right now, trying to. Now skate around Connor McDavid, keeps alive, Kempe with a turnaround chance, and this goes near the right side of the red line, Doughty for Andre Kopitar, great pass toward the right dot, and this is found by Skinner as he was falling down. Absolutely, and again, now I feel like the Edmonton Oilers are kind of back on their heels a little bit here late in the second period, I think the Kings have kind of took the game back to Edmonton here. And that's, to your point, Don, this has been a great pull of the rope on both sides, hasn't it? Absolutely. It has been a, that, that tug of war, as you will, um, for both teams here in that second period. Um, it kind of felt there early on in the second period when Edmonton grabbed that 2-1 to one lead that they could maybe push this thing to 3 or 4-1, to one, and then L.A. ties the game. And this is very similar to what we saw in Game 1. It looked like the Kings just were never out of the game. And we will have to see if that story continues because let alone, we can tell you this with all honesty, next power play goal might be another goal as well if you get another opportunity. So Absolutely. 1.50 left to go in this second, and this is pinballed all the way down the ice, and this will go against Edmonton. So it's offensive zone draw upcoming for the Kings. Still 3-1 to Minnesota up there in St. Paul on the Dallas Stars, 17 and a half to go there in that third period. And we will give you a reset in the second intermission, and we will also take a look at tomorrow's upcoming games. I'm going to get Don's thoughts on those as well. Since I have him on here for the first time in the broadcast, I'm going to pick his brains. Oh, boy. Yes. <laughs> I look forward to it. Now, this has been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed this. Best time of the year for a hockey fan. Yep. Thank you for reaching out with me. I know I try to post the schedule template. I do my best 
to make sure that I follow alongside of you know what I choose. Except when we get into the Stanley Cup Finals, I obviously work with the the one guy that I met on the old Colorcast app before I went to Twitter Spaces. I just started last year on that end, try to get into it, and I've had a lot of fun with it. So right now we're just trying to uh, you know find some other people that want to work together and just have some fun and figure out covering different games, and it's been a lot of fun. Don, you're doing a great job. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Yeah, and uh, as you know, I can cover basically all four sports for the most part. So. Um, much better than me because football is something I would need a ton of help with. I'm not very good. <laughs> That's the problem. No, no problem at all. Baseball, honestly, baseball and football are my two favorite sports, but um, to call it anyway. This is Dugan Hopkins, and this gets knocked away by Corpusalo with the right dot as this gets recollected now by Dreisaitl. Dreisaitl, he gets heavily shoved off the puck as the LA Kings high off the end glass. Darnell Nurse with a little bit of a jump there. But this will get picked up off the sling. Here's a chance for Matt Roy. Arvidsson will touch, flip this one down, and right into the bread basket of Stuart Skinner. Skinner's held his ground uh, after that bad second goal there. Um, pretty much held his ground here for the Edmonton Oilers and kept him in this game as best he could. You would think, and again, I'm just saying this from last year, alongside uh, some of the goaltending tandem for Mike Smith and I, Honestly, I'm forgetting the name that was there last year for, I think it was uh, Koskinen, that, that, yep. that Skinner is uh, much better than those two. Absolutely, and he was an upgrade, and Edmonton would tell you that during the offseason. He was going to be an upgrade anyway. Um, they, needed to, they needed to fix that uh, moving into the season. I think they've kind of done that. I think Skinner's kind of come into his own. Um, is he Grant Fear? No. But uh, maybe he could work his way into that. Yeah, you need right now something to do just enough and give you competent goaltending. That's really all that Edmonton really needs. That's it, 100%. So Burchard, 100%. off the body, this was stopped by Corpusalo. Might have actually hit a few body contact in front of the Kings as we get a offsides call with 30 seconds left in the second. Corpusello has done an outstanding job here in the second period keeping the LA Kings in this game. Uh, this could easily be 5-2. Edmonton right now with some great saves by Corpusello. And to your point, and then the other side for Rob Blake, they were going with Phoenix Copley and Jonathan Quick. And I know yep. Jonathan Quick ended up going out to Vegas, but the only reason why Jonathan Quick was let go was because he wasn't doing the job. They needed some adequate goaltending. They brought in Corpusello in from the deadline from Columbus, and he's fit the bill. You know, going back to that offside, I'm not so sure that puck got outside that blue line. Uh, I think the referee kind of made a judgment call there, and I think he might have been wrong. It seems like that from the quick look that we had as you get Evander King and some talking to. We do see Arvidsson again back on the ice, again worth mentioning. And that first he took a hard fall from a, I wouldn't say slew foot, but it was Darnell Nurse that got something out there that hit Arvidsson, and he went for a little bit of a turnstile, but he's back out there now. 21 seconds left to go in the second of a tie game. It's 2-2 at Crypto.com Arena. 3-1 Minnesota Wild there up in St. Paul with 13.30 to go there in the third period over the Dallas Stars. And we will see how many minutes it's going to take, usually at the five-minute mark or less, if there'll be a pull. Jake Ottinger, it's going to be his net, I mean, all the way through. No disrespect to Scott Wedgwood. He's a pretty good backup, but Ottinger's going to have to get it done if Dallas wants to get to where they need to. It's his time to shine, no question about it. Evander Kane, this gets deflected, and this is going to end the second period. It's a 2-2 tie, Don, and what a game this has been so far. 
Well, it's a lot, little bit more exciting there in the second period from a uh, goals perspective. Um, I think teams kind of, both teams kind of settled down just a little bit, kind of got back into their game, uh, stopped taking the silly penalties for the most part. Uh, you know, and, and I think Edmonton kind of settled back into this game a little bit and was able to get uh, two goals on the board. So before we get into the uh, scoring reset, I just want to go ahead and look at tomorrow's games. And sure. I'm going to pick your brain and I'm going to let you tell me who is going to win these oh boy. pivotal ones. And a lot of these ones are tied at 1-1, so we'll leave that for the end. We'll go with the series lead for the Rangers, 2-0, going back to MSG. Who do you like at the ABC tip-off puck drop at 8 p.m.? Uh, the New York Rangers. Uh, the New York Rangers have completely dominated that series from start to finish. Yeah, the Devils took a one nothing lead, I know, in the second period uh, in Game 2. But after that, it was all Rangers. And it's been all Rangers in that series. Um, I, I'll i be surprised if the Devils can split uh, at MSG. I think it's a sweep. You think it's a straight sweep, huh? I think even from the very beginning, I said Rangers in five. So you and I are kind of in lockstep thinking that this wasn't going to be a very long series. Again, if you're a Devils fan, you might be a little bit disappointed in the fact that it ended so soon, but I don't think that takes away from everything they've done this year. They will be back in the Metro, and they'll do a lot of damage. They're a very good young team. Very, very talented, very, very young. I think they're a couple years ahead, um, perhaps, of where they thought they would be. And, and, and so that being the case, this really does help them. But they just ran into a buzzsaw with the Rangers. The Rangers built up and uh, bulked up uh, at the trade deadline. And, um, you know, the, the Rangers are going for it. So uh, the, the, the Devils just happen to be in the train tracks at this point. So, uh, uh, you know, but it's a good young team. I, I really like what the Devils have there. Um, and going into next year, you're right. I, I think that's a team that could maybe win that Metropolitan next year. And we'll have to see how long Carolina can hold it because I think those teams are coming on that end. So before we go into the obvious ones, I want to get the more difficult one out of the way here for you. This is an early start on TBS at 4 Eastern. The Golden Knights and the Jets, they go back to Canada Life Center, tied 1-1 to the Jets. Do they bounce back and win tomorrow? So there's going to be a lot of emotion in Winnipeg. Uh, Winnipeg has struggled this season. They've lost over 3,000 uh, season ticket holders. Uh, they're going to come in. The, the game sold out in about 38 seconds. <laughs> so that was helpful for the Jets in this playoff. There's going to be a lot of emotion in, in Winnipeg, and I expect the Jets to build off that momentum, and I expect the Jets to win the game tomorrow. Uh, I'm thinking like a 4-2, maybe 5-3 kind of game. I like that. That's a good convincing call on your part. Again, between, I went and said that Jets in six. We will see if that holds out again. It was the Golden Knights. That was their best game of the series by far. They did not do enough in game one. When Connor Hellebuck only had to make 15 saves, you can bet your bottom dollar that the Jets are going to win that game. So the Golden Knights have to come out and give the same effort they did in the just recent one against T-Mobile in the Fortress. They'll have to bring that at Canada Life and I would expect the Jets to be able to bring that very same effort again because they're at home in front of their crowd. And when you think about Morgan Barron taking about the 70 stitches into the face when he's trying to go ahead and uh, get the puck from a scrum from one of swath, that doesn't fire up and I don't know what will. I know, Nick I know Nikolai Ehlers missed the last game, so we'll see if he is. Not a game-time decision at first start tomorrow. 
Yeah, poor guy. He looked like he was uh, in a deli slicer there uh, as he went to the, to the crease, and that was uh, that was one of the ugliest things I've seen uh, in the NHL. Um, so yeah, I mean to come back, take seventy five stitches, come back and play in that game, and help your team win a five one. Uh, that just shows you the character of the Winnipeg Jets right there. And uh, that being said, it was a Jets team that really struggled down the stretch. I mean they had a a shot really to win that central division uh, going into January and just floundered the second half of the year and just back into the playoffs. And now you're kind of seeing the, the fruits of that, <laughs> if, if you will, uh, early in the season. And now they're, they're giving Vegas everything they could want. So here's the more difficult ones, or maybe, Don, you don't think so, but we'll give you the predictions of these. We'll start with the 7 o'clock game on TBS. It's the Maple Leafs, and it's the Lightning. I know the Lightning are a little bit banged up, especially in the back end with Chernak, maybe even Hedman. You might even see Hayden Fleury. You might see uh, Cole, some other pieces there. But who do you like between the Leafs and the Lightning? The best thing for Toronto is to leave Toronto. And right now, series tied 1-1. I like the Maple Leafs really in the next two games. I expect them to go back home three games to one lead uh, in this series. Being away from Toronto, being away from the uh, you know the, the, the media hub there, being away from the distraction, uh, I think it's going to only help them. Uh, I think they're the best team in the series, and I think this is kind of the sunsetting uh, of the Tampa Bay Lightning. And again, for all the mileage that they have, they're trying to go for four consecutive playoff deep runs, and they've lost a lot of depth in the process. And Vasilevsky's played every single game of all of these runs. You can't expect that to last forever. But the one thing that the Lightning did have this year in the regular season was health. When you had Steven Stamkos, Kucherov, and Point pretty much playing all 82, you know what that top line can do. So if you're the Maple Leafs, I agree with you, you're the better team. I know Amelie Arena is going to be rocking, but it's going to be up for the Maple Leafs maybe to get a couple quick goals and silence the crowd. Well, don't forget, there is a large Canadian contingency down here in southwest Florida that will be on their way to Amelie Arena tomorrow. So uh, don't expect that just to be a raucous Tampa crowd. There's going to be a lot of uh, Maple Leaf wearing fans there in Tampa Bay. So that's why we have you on here, because that's good insider information that I don't have on that end. So thank you for that, Don. A lot of Ontario plates here, a lot of Ontario. <laughs> we, we, will, we will see what comes to pass on that end, so that'll be good for the Maple Leafs on that end. I think you'll be able to breathe a little bit easier. I definitely agree with you on that side, a little yep. bit on road ice. So, but here's the kicker for me, and I'm covering this game tomorrow, 10 p.m. Eastern on TBS. It's the Abs. They go to Climate Pledge with Seattle plays their first ever home playoff game. Who do you got? You know, I, I think this is probably going to be benefit Colorado. You're going to have a lot of emotion in Seattle. We don't know what that crowd's going to be like. Um, I expect Seattle to come out in really the first 10 minutes uh, and really kind of control the game. If Colorado can control that first 10 minutes, that first period, get that crowd to kind of settle down a little bit, uh, the Avs probably win that game. However, if Seattle comes out and pumps two or three goals in there early on in that game, if the, and if Colorado goes down 2 nothing like they did last night, it's going to be a bad, bad night for the Colorado Avalanche in Seattle. 
The only thing that surprised me, and I guess maybe I should because Philip Grubauer used to play for the Colorado Avalanche, but mm-hmm. when I'm looking at Martin Jones and I'm looking at Philip Grubauer, I was looking at save percentages in the 880s and the 890s, and I'm looking at my capsules and saying, I think the Avalanche could at least win this in five or six, but if mm-hmm. Seattle's going to have a chance, they need to be able to bump those 885s to around like 915, 920s. Well, so far, Philip Grubauer has done that right now. He's given his team a chance, and Seattle's kind of played the way they've played all year. They're a competent team that can roll out all four lines, and they can be very dangerous. So while I agree with you that the Avalanche are going to win this series, I don't even know if I want to play devil's advocate. I hope for Seattle's sake they go out there and they ride that home crowd, and uh, they can get it done because they should feel like the first two games in the series that they got a legit shot at this thing. No, there's no doubt. And I, I think Seattle could still win the series, honestly, the way they're playing right now. And Grubauer could be that goalie, because we always say this. It's kind of the cliche thing with the NHL. You know, a team could get, you know, get, kind of ride behind a hot goalie. And hey, Grubauer's the guy that could possibly do that uh, to propel them into, uh, you know, a deep series. Uh, it would not surprise me, as I said earlier, it would not surprise me to see the. Uh, Seattle Kraken pushed this to seven games, um, which is not a good thing for Colorado going long term. No, so, you know, I, you know, I, watch out for the Kraken. <laughs> I didn't think I'd ever say this, but watch out for the Kraken going into this year because or into this playoff, uh, they could be a team that might could they could knock off the Stanley Cup champions this year. So uh, don't sleep on them just yet. I think Colorado's kind of got to go in there now. The question is, John. Did that three straight goals last night by the Colorado Avalanche wake that team up? Because um, yeah. it kind of seemed like it did a little bit. They kind of got two goals in 48 seconds, I believe it was, last night. Uh, and you could kind of feel that momentum kind of shift back. So is that going to wake them up? We'll see going into early part of that game tomorrow. But again, I'm telling you, if Colorado goes down early in that game, I don't know if they're going to be able to pick themselves up there um, in Seattle. Yeah, Alexander Gurgiev has been a good signing there for Joe Sackick's squad. They didn't give up a lot to get him. But when you're talking about all the other depth and stuff that they lost, not to mention, I know Gabe Landeskog hasn't played all year, but that still hurts. You know you have production and leadership there. And Nazem Kadri moved on to the Calgary Flames. So a lot of pieces that you really can't replace. And on the other end, if I'm Seattle, you also think about the former Evan, Andre Burakovsky who hasn't right. been able to suit up, and they're still doing this. Right, right. And it's a, and again, they're going to ride a lot of momentum going into to tomorrow night um, with that crowd. I, I really think, uh, I don't know if you listened to uh, Spit and Chicklets at all on that podcast, <laughs> but they were talking about, you know, we don't know what the Seattle contingency is going to bring for the playoffs, but they can only expect it to be something ruckus and crazy. Yeah. And again, Sometimes teams feed off that, and you know, going into the playoff, I'm telling you that that crowd's been in it all season long. You know, that could be something that propels that Seattle team. And wouldn't it be something if Seattle goes back to Denver up three games to one, <laughs> have the, the, the defending champs on the ropes, going back to a must-win game in Denver? Yeah, that would be very hard-pressed to even think about because last year they had a true expansion year. And then exactly. you go ahead, you get all these breakouts. Matty Beniers has been excellent. They've done a great job in the draft. The only thing they really didn't get right was the Philip Grubauer long-term extent. But you can't have everything turn into gold. 
Because when, right. when you did get Vince Dunn from the St. Louis Blues, uh, he looks like one of the best defensemen in the league. Well, Vince Dunn is one of those guys, I, I just, for whatever reason, I think he just kind of fell into the shuffle in St. Louis. I mean, we had Peter An or Petrangelo there and yeah. uh, guys like that. Uh, uh, Vince Dunn's not going to get his opportunity. <clears throat> but, um, again, Vincent, you know, everyone kept saying about how Steve Eisman kind of fleeced the St. Louis Blues, uh, you know, the right. last few years. Jake right? uh, yeah, Jake Woolman was a steal, right? Well, Vincent Dunn to Seattle, um, that might be equal fleecing at this point. Um, because I, I think the St. Louis Blues would love to have him back uh, in the Blues uniform. Vincent Dunn uh, obviously will not be up for... Uh, uh, for the Norris, but my goodness... Uh, he should be, in my opinion. Yeah, you can talk about impact, and you think of a few defensemen that have done the same thing. And you mentioned, <laughs> with all these names, I know Alec is listening, and now I appreciate that, my friend, on that side. Because we've talked about that when I've worked with him in some of these games. That Think about all the players that St. Louis has lost over the last few years. Like, you just mentioned Petrangelo and some of these other ones. Man, they, they had a ton of talent from that Cup team from yes. 2019. It's, it's been a lot of talent lost. Yeah, Ryan O'Reilly's out there now in Toronto. Uh, uh, yeah, Billy Huso's gone. You also have uh, uh, Maroon out there in Tampa Bay. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, they've they've uh, Tarasenko's now with the Rangers. I mean, they, they, they've gutted that team essentially. Um, and you see those fruits of the 2019 team uh, throughout the NHL, and they're making uh, paying dividends, if you will, for those teams that have picked them up for sure. And Vincent done. You know, it, I, I don't mean to sound like a homer, but I love when I see a guy like Vincent Dunn, a guy basically that was probably the eighth depth guy on the defensive pairing with the St. Louis Blues now being a leader yeah. with Daniel Kraken. That is just awesome stuff. I absolutely love that. Uh, and congratulations to him, by the way, too, because a lot of teams kind of passed him over. And, uh, man, has he taken advantage of the situation? What a great story that is, too. And you think about that, I know Alex, and I know he's a Pittsburgh fan on that end, but you think of Jared McCann, he yeah, there you go. 40 goals on that yeah. side. So there's there's been so much other production here for Seattle, so it should be rocking, man. I'm covering that game tomorrow, and we'll be see where it goes. I'm looking at the scoreboard right now as we're in the middle of our intermission of a 2-2 tie. It's still 3-1 wild with 6-0-2 left to go on the third, so we'll see if Minnesota can hang on to the 2-1 series lead. And it doesn't look like there's any love loss there uh, from those highlights. Uh, <laughs> there is it all there. You have Felino sitting there's a dive and all that kind of stuff there with the Dallas Stars. This is a big game uh, for the Dallas Stars. Um, if they go down two games to one uh, in this series, uh, you, you know, they're going to have to, they're going to have to find a different way. Uh, and I don't know how they're going to do that. I mean, essentially, you're going to have, uh, you know, you're going to have four games left, and you've got to win three of those four. I, I, I don't know how you're going to do that. And you're uh, doing so, Don, against a team that I honestly feel like is going to be the toughest first-round matchup right. for anybody. Absolutely. But with their style of play, it just you, you, you can't get behind the eight ball with that Minnesota team. And... We've seen this before uh, with the Dallas Stars. This is a team, too, that's interesting because, you know, you go back to the COVID year, went to the Stanley Cup final, yeah. uh, and then didn't qualify for the playoff. And 
you, you know, so they're kind of trying to reinvent themselves in a way. Uh, get in this year. Probably should have won the Central, but couldn't close that out. You mentioned that early in the second period there at the Kings game, but uh, you got to wonder, John, is this the last hurrah for the Dallas Stars before they start to, you know, if they don't get through the series, do they start to unpack some pieces there and kind of move on? Hard to say. So the only thing, because I'm not going to disagree with that, the only thing you know is you have your cornerstones when you got Miro Haskin and Ottinger and Robertson. So uh-huh. that, that's your team. But from the guys that you're thinking of maybe moving on from could be uh, Jamie Benn, a Tyler Sagan, a Joe Pavelski. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, those are guys that, especially Joe Pavelski, that Matt Dumba hit was kind of made my stomach turn a little bit on that end. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's one of the best, and you can't also be able to keep everybody. So, yeah, you're thinking about it, and that makes a lot of sense. Also thinking about the former assistant GM, Jim Nill, who uh, worked for the Red Wings, who's now the GM of the Dallas Stars. Right. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting to see where the Dallas Stars are going to go because they're kind of at that fork in the road. And if they don't get through this series, um, it'll be interesting to see where they decide to go next season uh, and, and moving forward because I – you kind of you kind of got to wonder, John. Is this going to be, you know, too little, too late? I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what the, the the thinking is with that team. But you're going to have to reevaluate, if you will, uh, kind of where you're at. So uh, let me let me just say this really quickly. You don't. You can agree or disagree. Do you sure. do you think the Stars have enough talent to be able to make a long run if they get out of Minnesota series? So they have the talent to right. do it, um, but they haven't put anything together all season long that shows me that they could do it. That's the problem I have. Um, I think they've benefited a little bit from a weaker central division, because if you take a look at outside the top three with Colorado, Dallas, and Minnesota, sure. you have Nashville, St. Louis, Chicago, and Arizona. And let's face it, you know, three of those teams are in the lottery. So... Did they benefit from some of those? Probably. Um, so Dallas just, it's been one of those teams Dallas is interested in this year. Do they have the talent to answer your question? Yes, they do. But, John, they haven't shown me anything all year where they can put something together to make a big playoff run. I just never believed in them, kind of like I don't believe in the Carolina Hurricanes. Those are the two teams that, you know, like that Carolina. I just, I don't believe they can put something together to get, a long run together. I just I don't see it. I'm not going to say I disagree with you, but I think you'd be pushing a lot of fan bases buttons saying that. To be honest. <laughs> well, and, and, and again, it's it's Carolina again hasn't done anything to show me that sure. they can put together a playoff run, and neither has the Dallas Stars. They just have not shown me anything um, to say, hey, I mean, if you beat the Minnesota Wild, okay, great. So then you're going to play the winner of the Seattle Colorado series. I mean, you know, if you get the Avs. That's a uh, whole different animal, yes. Right. Even if you get Seattle, it's a whole different animal. Yeah. Now, I know Dallas kind of handled Seattle in the, play, in the regular season, but again, as we know, what happened in March doesn't matter in, in May. So, we'll see. So, now that we're underway here with the third period puck drop, it's still a 2-2 game. It's 23 shots to 16 in favor of Edmonton. And the shot immediately gets taken off its moorings. 
fitting start. 4-1 Minnesota, by the way, with four minutes to go in the third period there in St. Paul. So um, I think it might be safe to say it's going to be 2-1 in favor of the Minnesota Wild. And Dallas now puts themselves in a situation where they've got to take game four at XL. Exactly, and that's going to be an arena that's going to be really rocking and rolling there uh, come Sunday afternoon. So Drew Doughty now. We'll try to get this right to left. It's a chip and chase opportunity for the puck, and this will be recollected now by the Edmonton defense. Sent back around the inboard, short side off the end of the cage, and Trevor Moore had a bid, but Stuart Skinner found it and held on. Skinner's been solid. He's been solid for the Edmonton Oilers. Kept him in this game. Uh, made some big saves. He's made one mistake, uh, and really probably not his fault. It was a really bad penalty taken there by... Uh, the Edmonton Oilers, but Skinner's in his job tonight. He's kept Edmonton in this game. And that's, again, all that you ask of the Edmonton mm -hmm. Edmonton. Again, all the offense can be supported, and again, the offense is a little bit aided by some kills that uh, the Kings couldn't convert on. Here's an offensive zone draw, and this one gets blocked up high before it ever hits Skinner, and now Edmonton will try to take this the other way. They'll be going right to left. They're in the white jerseys with the blue pants and the orange and white piping. The LA Kings in the all black as they're at Crypto.com Arena. John out here with you on the play-by-play, -play, being joined by Don Tottingham on color. As we take this game in tonight for the first time, first time in this series to be able to cover it. I'm very looking forward to it. It's a 2-2 tie with 19 minutes left to go in regulation. We will see if we need more than that when this is all said and done because one of the games, the first game in the series, already went to OT before it was a game winner for Iafala. As this is flipped in, down the ice, Alexander Edler, he was able to pick up the puck before one of the Oilers gets knocked down in McLeod and now picked up off the backhand as it's a chance for Grunstrom. Send this around the inboards. Iafala trying to wait on it, but this will be Warren Fogle. We'll have a chance to collect now as there's a serious hold in near the player's bench. I wonder if that's going to draw some ire. This is a very physical contest now with the Gunstrom. Gabe Villiardi trying to get around a check as this is sent back around the inboards for Vincent D'Arnais. This will go back to the defense now where Kulak will get a chance to get this started right to left. Kulak will instead spin and survey as the forwards go ahead and take their change and we get the Go Kings Go chant at Crypto.com Arena. All everybody in attendance right now in L.A., they've certainly got their price of admission of tickets. I know it's usually about 500 for nosebleeds, but no that's kidding. what it takes for playoff tickets as this is flipped in. Nicely played by Ryan. Looking to push the other way is Clem Costin. Doughty makes him take a seat, and they pick it up near the red line as the Zebra's got to get out of the way of this one. This is sent back down right Nugent Hopkins. We'll take a look. It's Darnell Nurse. With an outstretched pass, this goes off the embankment back into center ice where this gets settled back down. Now, Darnell Nurse will let everyone else take a change. you got the top line with Connor McDavid and Evander Kane out there right now as it drops for Bouchard as he gains the red line off the entry of the wrist shot. And odds for overtime, majority say no on that end if you're doing points bet as this is flipped in. It's a 2-2 tie. 17.05 in the third as this is recollected near the left side of the faceoff dot. Spun back around the net. Connor McDavid will make the pass here for Evander Kane. will play this off the backhand and recollected here by Matt Roy. Roy will put this around the embankment for Vladislav Gavrikov. He's been an excellent pickup from the Columbus Blue Jackets. And now Philip Dano 
He was picked up at the deadline from the Montreal Canadiens last year. And again, it's a very good two-way forward. As this is sent here for Matthias Eckholm. Eckholm now will survey and make the pass here for Cody Ceci. And this seems to be the start done of the first period in this third, where it's been a little bit yeah. judicious. Uh -huh. A little choppy, yes. And by the way, uh, John, if you want to take 20 bucks and put it on that plus 125 for overtime, you'd walk away with $2,500. So, uh, just FYI. <laughs> I think if I was doing that in real time, I actually I would take that bet. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. This <laughs> <laughs> is sent the other way now. Left to right. CC off the drive. He tried to shoot it short side. I thought he might go to the net the whole way. But this eludes Dreisaitl Kopitar. Sauce pass to Kempe, and this is a good pick the other way. CC, sending here for a dry settle. Dry settle, patient, keeping it alive. Off the backhand, palm over to the net. Corpusella holds on a left post, makes a save. Corpusella looking strong. By the way, 5-1 Minnesota with a buck 42 to go in that third period up there in St. Paul. And that is exactly how you answer, Don, from the way that we talk about in Game 2. They took their punch to the face, and they delivered the uppercut here in Game 3. But again, Minnesota's playing with house money going into Game 2. They're in Dallas. They did what they were supposed to do in Game 1, uh, holding you up till 2.30 in the morning, <laughs> and uh, taking that first game. But hey, they did exactly what they had to do. They had to get one there on the road, uh, knowing they were going to go home to XL, which is a house of horrors for the road teams. Rap chance here for Fogel. That got denied by Corpusello, and then he fires it just to the wide right of the boards. Recollecting now, Alex Iafalo holding the man against the boards there for McLeod. Connor McDavid get a chance to race after it as this is picked up by Gavrikov. This is flipped down with the help of Gunstrom. Recollected nicely as Iafalo had bounced off and allowed the Kings to gain an entry. But now this gets sent the other way off the half spin. Send it in toward the right side dot. 15.05 left to go in this third as we get a whistle. High sticking call, maybe. Mm. Looks like that might be the case. And again, yeah, we kind of reverted back here into the first period, the way this game is being played right now. Very choppy. Uh, whistle to whistle, if you will, almost like stoplight to stoplight. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, penalty coming up. It looks like it's against the LA Kings. Yeah, I am taking a look at the uh, ESPN box scores. We got the side by side for the computer screen and the TV. It looks like Carl Grundstrom at 4.52 for a high stick. And again, McDavid's already got a pair of power play goals. Who's to say he doesn't pot the hat trick? Dust off that uh, hat and get it out there. So Drysaddle set to take the draw, and this one will get cleared back down by the L.A. Kings. Again, any time you take a penalty and you put the Edmonton Oilers in a power play, it's always the wrong time, and that goes without saying because it's Drysaddle off the half spin. McDavid in full flight! He goes 5-hole, and this is sold by Corpusalo. Unbelievable. Absolutely. Look at McDavid undress the L.A. Kings defense there, and Corpusello was able to hold his ground and make sure Connor McDavid was not going to get the hat trick. And it's just, I mean, Don, it takes maybe a stride, and he's already at full speed. It's, it's crazy. He's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. I had the opportunity to see him play against the Red Wings at Little Caesars Arena a couple years ago, and he did, and, and John, this is no exaggeration, that the, the owners were down at one end of the ice, three strides, and that guy was at the face-off dot in front of the Red Wings goaltender. Unbelievable. Just unbelievable talent. <laughs> Here's McDavid now trying to find Hyman. The Wolverine in this one gets blocked uh -huh. down the ice. And recollected by Evan Bouchard. Bouchard now 
As he's patient, he'll survey across the King's logo. We'll back past this here for 97 and set it back up now for RNH near the right side dot. Now on the high slot, crisscross with Burchard. Here's Nugent Hopkins and now Burchard again. RNH, same spot, trying to find McDavid with a blast. And now Burchard going to let it go. A screen out in front for Drysaddle trying to deliver it. That was saved by Corpusalo. Still a minute left to go in the Edmonton power play as they look to set back up. Hyman puts this back around. RNH, McDavid wide open. Good save by Corpusalo as I thought the net might go off its moorings, but this is still live. And with Edmonton, here's another chance as this gets blocked. And now it's a race just to try to get it out. Mikey Anderson will take a couple swipes at it, but it can't get out of the blue line. And now McDavid, he gets ice cream sandwiched. Mm-mm-mm. That's what I'm saying, time and space. Time and space. And they finally figure that out from the two power plays where McDavid previously scored, and now they staple gunned him. McLeod, and off the forehand, set it back up in the high slot. Edmonton power play, always dangerous, no matter what personnel they have out there. As this is set back up. Now Kane will get it back. Here comes the bomb. This gets deflected. It's saved off the right pad of Corpusalo. Put back around the embankment. As Fogel will take a look at it and behind the net, but now it's near the rough side of the blue line. Here's an intentionally wide wrister looking for a deflection as McLeod. Tries to throw a stick check out there. L.A. Kings just try to get it out. They're going to survive here with 12.55 left to go in the third. But that's yet another power play, Dom, where they had a lot of chances. They did, but it seems like the Kings have weathered the storm. And we've seen it time and time again in the playoff where you know teams can just weather the storm uh, and, and hold serve. It's a one-shot game, and that's exactly what the Kings have gotten so far. So the Kings, again, it started out a little bit low event. It's kind of ratcheted up as we've gone along. The Edmonton Oilers have a 30-19 shot advantage, but the score is tied at dose. Corpusello has been the difference in this series thus far. Uh, keeping the Kings in this series. Uh, and, and the opportunity here to take a two games to one lead in this best of seven series. And we will see. Again, I think you and I were in lockstep, and many people that aren't looking at this situation in full board, they'd probably be surprised if the LA Kings are up 2-1. I think you and I, we would say no. I would. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I really figured uh, the Edmonton Oilers were going to kind of take this thing over, but hey, credit to the Kings. They have pushed back, and um, it also helps when you're playing a rival, so... Yes, it is. As I follow gets dumped on after Dursey does, and now they try to finish a hit and miss. This could be an opportunity for a, a drop pass right on the trailer. Big save, Corpusolo loose. Another save, and that one goes wide toward the right side of the red line. You always got to watch out for the trailer. CC now the other way. As a penalty hands in the air, and we'll see who this is going to go against. This might be Clem Costin. Looks that way. Let's see here. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a Kings. It is going to be a Kings power play now that the uh, cameras have cut back into the action. Corpusolo has vacated the goal crease, and all the fans are excited here, and you want to try to get that top line as fresh as possible, although I do see Doughty out there right now trying to carry with the extra attacker. Here's Kopitar. Plays it off the backhand here for Kempe. Crisscross. Doughty. Kempe got it now. Here's the clapper. This bounces off a CC skate, and now they finally touch, and the Kings don't go back to the power play. Well, this is the opportunity I was just talking about. Copersell's kept them in the game. It's been kind of choppy. 
And now the Kings have an opportunity here on the power play uh, to take a 3-2 lead uh, here in Game 3. So, I know this is a little early to ask, but I'll pick your brain, like I said, since I have you on here. Is this a game now where the next goal wins? Uh, the way these teams can score, I'm going to say probably not. Um, however, the way Corpus is playing here, if the Kings take a 3-2 to two lead, uh, you basically got about 10 minutes left in this hockey game. It's going to be interesting to see how the, the Oilers can respond. We saw what they did there on two power plays, but you guys think they're going to be a little bit more disciplined now um, to stay out of that box. So, um, next goal... Man, it's going to be hard. I, I can't say uh, I can't say the next goal wins yet. That's the way these teams can score goals. <laughs> okay, I will. I will leave my other question. That's only if we go to overtime. Where I'll ask you to pick uh, overtime oh hero for both squads. That's what's right, always fair. customary. But uh, yeah, we will see right now. What we do know is this is a big time LA Kings power play, and we'll just give you the team stat reset that I got in front of me. So it's 31 shots on goal to 20 in favor of Edmonton. The hits now read 42-33 in favor of the Kings. And the face-off's pretty close to even, but the Oilers now have that advantage. 25-21 power play opportunities. The Oilers right at 50%, 2 out of 4, and 1 out of 4 for the LA Kings. But again, the fourth starts right now. Yeah, and if you look at the hits, as you say, was it 41-33 in favor mm -hmm. of the Kings? I think that's the biggest difference in the hockey game. And that is one of the situations when I look at the hits now counter from today from the game from yesterday between Vegas and uh, Winnipeg. I think the Vegas statistician overvalues a hit because I saw that the counter was at over 140, and I said, no way is there that many hits in a regulation <laughs> game. Well, that's going to make it interesting for when it gets to six or seven games of that series, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Thousands of hits, yeah. Thousands of hits through this game, yeah. So here's an opportunity now for the L.A. Kings. This is a very pivotal power play, and it's all about timing at this point. 11.26 left to go in the third. Andre Kopitar wins it clean. Now near the right dot. That was a great setup and a great save by Skinner. Unbelievable. Right off the rip on that power play. Now it's Kempe. He's one of the ones, and that is a gorgeous pass too, by the way. That found Kempe wide open, dot to dot. No doubt. I mean, that is exactly what you'd want. Uh, if you're the LA Kings here on this power play, take advantage of it early. Uh, and that's exactly what they did. What, a, what an even better save by Skinner to get back across the net there. Uh, slide pad to pad, get post to post. Uh, get over there and cover that puck up. Great job. Absolutely. And now it's a chance as Doughty can settle this back down. Kempe, again, he's back there with Doughty. They want to get him set up for the bullet, as you just saw. And now here's a race for the puck. Picked up now for the captain, Andre Kopitar. Drop for Doughty. Quickly here for Kempe. And now they're getting all the space and set up here are the LA Kings as they'll crisscross near the right dot. Kempe now has it for Kopitar. Kempe, Kopitar, play catch. Kopitar has it now. Kempe. Near the right side red line, here's a short chance. This will take a bounce off the left side glass, and this will be flipped in deep. Kempe has it now off the backhand. This will be recollected by Doughty. Here's Adrian Kempe now. Kempe, back for Doughty. Near the right side blue line, now in the right dot, looking for a pass in tight as this gets played out by Kopitar. 
Here's a chance for Dowdy. It's been all sorts of puck possession for the LA Kings. Arvidsson will tee it up, and that's a sacrificial block. Big block on the other end. His bodies are hitting the floor. It's a drowning pool. Here's Arvidsson lets it go, and this one is up and out of play. Oh, my goodness. Did the Edmonton Oilers get bailed out there? Holy smokes. That was a ridiculous sequence as we get a talking to in the points in between Kempe and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. You're going to have to take wow. a look immediately off of this replay. Arvidsson with the clapper. Big save by Skinner. That was a no-look shuffle bat blind pass by Kopitar to try to find Kempe. And it was Bukestad and everyone else in the middle just trying to get in front of their goaltender to stop from crossing. Look at the save here by Skinner. He has to come all the way back from friendly fire and kick that left pad out there to make that save, or it's 3-2 Los Angeles. So, absolutely, and then Byfield can't win the draw. The youngster gets a chance to take a rare one, and now he will clear this right in. We've hit the halfway marker of regulation. The only question is, will we need extra time? With 9.45 in the third, John Under with him. The play-by-play -play being joined by Don Tottingham as this one goes up and out of play. We're going to get another face-off here with 9.43. I wonder if that plus 125 has gone up a little bit. Might be able to chance to push it to three grand now if you put 20 bucks down. <laughs> I think so. I think we called <laughs> that early on this side. I, I, I'm seeing overtime. I, I have that feeling too. It's just, that's the way this series has been, and uh, overtime is, uh, it's got that feel. Definitely got that feel. So Dano against Ryan. Can't win it clean, but off of the tie-up, this will fall back to Dursey in the neutral zone. He absorbs a hit. Byfield will get this one clear deep. This will find the glove hand of Skinner and will hold on. Skinner has, has been really the unsung hero, if you ask me, for the uh, for the Kings. Or, sorry, for the Oilers yeah. here in this game. No, he has. I mean, again, it's not just doing the job. He's kind of done that way in the uh, first two periods. Third period, he's already made a couple of miraculous saves. I mean, you could Absolutely. argue that the Kings could have the lead at this point. There's no question. He has really saved the Edmonton Oilers in this game, no pun intended. But Skinner has stepped up and been the better player out there for the Oilers. So this is a face-off win defensively that's sent back down the ice that will kill off the Los Angeles Kings power play, although it was very high event. Skinner made a couple of fantastic saves as this bounces away from Kempe. McDavid was surveying, but it didn't fall to him. And now gaining the red line will be a shovel pass, will be an opportunity to be dumped in by Gabriel Villiardi. And this is sent the other way. Kaori Yamamoto off the drop, it's Bouchard, he'll fire it right on. And that's a good save by Corpusal. that's brushed, pick, picked up by the left dot. And now Yamamoto send this back around the kick plate, Connor McDavid makes a play while falling down, still gets a shot against Corpusal. Oh my goodness, as this goes across the neutral zone. <laughs> this guy is <clears throat> he's a human joystick I, I, I mean it just the, the the compete level and the never give up with Connor McDavid is it's it, something that is uh, well to behold I mean it's a true no, life story he is that good as it's 8.20 left to go in the third scoring high, chance, high danger chances are 11-10 in favor of the Kings although Again, anytime Connor McDavid's on the ice, it's always a high danger chance, as we just no, saw. 
as this is recollected by Hyman. Great move off the stick drag by Drysaddle as he bought some space into the neutral zone, and that will allow the Oilers to shovel this in. Be a battle there for Arvidsson and Gunstrom as they try to get this near the right side of the net, but Corpusalo found it, and he'll hold on, take no chances. Might get a commercial break here with 7.55. You know, John, it, it, I have, the way McDavid plays the game, I mean, he's out there on the ice, there's always an opportunity for a goal. And I haven't seen that happen since really the early days of Alex Ovechkin. Anytime Ovechkin was on the ice back in his early days, it always seemed like he was putting the puck in the back of that. It just felt that way. And I, I, I kind of have that same feeling when I see Connor McDavid out there on the ice. I think that's a very good comp on your end, and we kind of wonder, as we get in toward the future of the NHL, again, I know it's years away, but the biggest prize of the 2023 entry draft is Connor Bedard, and they're saying between that sweepstakes, he could be that good. I do know, covering a couple of the world juniors, he is really damn good. So, I am a big junior hockey fan, and I watched Regina in their playoff series against Saskatoon, and... uh, let me just tell you, the kid had, I believe, don't quote me on this number, but I want to say he had 20 points in six games. <laughs> uh, and I think he had two hat tricks. <laughs> that was a bad time for my part to take a sip of water because I almost choked when he said 20 points in six I games. I believe this, but he had, you know what, let me look it up. I'm just going to look for kicks because let me tell you, this kid is the size of Sidney Crosby, but the skill of Connor McDavid. And... Uh, so I guess what you're telling me, Don, is it's good that the Red Wings lost some games at the end of the year to put themselves in the running, possibly. If they get Connor Bedard, he will be the equivalent of Sergei Fedorov to that franchise. That's music to my ears, my friend, because we've been waiting for that. I'm still waiting for his number to be retired, by the way. Don't get me started on that. Um, the, fact, <laughs> the, the fact that it's not retired yet is... Uh, Ludicrous is the word I'm looking for because it's uh, not even fair how he's not. So Connor Bedard had 20 points in seven games, 10 goals, 10 assists. <clears throat> 10 goals, 10 assists in seven games, folks. That just, in, that's just crazy. Saskatoon, who, by the way, and I know this doesn't make sense to the regular hockey fan, Saskatoon is a damn good junior hockey team, and Regina was not very good and damn near pulled off the upset. So, uh, that's what, that's, telling you, this kid is going to be something special that you do not want to miss next year. And that's working. what we will be waiting for once the playoffs are done. A lot of teams will be looking forward to that. As this mm-hmm. is flipped back down now, recollected by Sean Dursey. Here's Alexander Edler trying to find Gunstrom. As the LA Kings now all of a sudden pressured in their own end. 7.20 left to go in this third. It's tied at two. No goals yet in this third period. This is a good drop pass McLeod. We'll try to get this set up as it's Yamamoto and Fogel. We'll pick it back up. Fogel being held just a little bit as this will go back to Gunstrom. This is a bad turnover in the middle of the right dot. And the shot got fired wide and sent back down by the LA Kings. They'll go ahead and take some full sail line changes. And now an opportunity for Zach Hyman. He'll spin, pivot, try to keep it alive off the forehand as he made Dano miss. That was some good skating. And now Matias Eckholm, the trade deadline pickup from the Predators, will send this back across. Evan Burchard, Hyman is there. He's still out there right now near the right side. Dowd as this will go near the left side red line. Dowdy 
trying to get this out as Edward kind of being pursued. This is some body contact near the right side red line. This is making a play, falling down as McDavid, finds Burchard. Here's a deflection, but this will go to the LA Kings. Still trying to get this out of their own zone right now. It bounces off of Trevor Moore, picked up by Doughty. And now the LA Kings can try to go right to left, but this gets picked off. Here's an opportunity now for Evander Kane off the drop, trying to look for McDavid. Again, it's the same top line, same lines as Game 1 here for Edmonton in Game 3. That's where we are right now. This is a pivotal swing game with the series tied at 1. The game is tied at 2, and it's 5.50 left to go in the third. Full sale line changes here for Edmonton. John out here within the play-by-play, -play, being joined by Don Tottingham as we take this series look in for the first time. As this is recollected, off of some body contact again. RNH is the one that forces it, trying to be able to pry this loose. Away from Matt Roy, played in off the scramble. It's Yamamoto off his backhand. And now it's near the left side of the wall. Cody Cece will send this D to D, and this is swallowed up by Corpusala. So going back to the uh, junior leagues there, just uh, talk about the Saskatoon Blades who knocked out Regina, which was kind of a dar was at. They now trail Red Deer Rebels uh, three games to two in that series. Uh, by the way, Kamloops and the Seattle Thunderbirds are moving on to the uh, semifinal, and they'll play each other there in round three of the WHL. If you talk about uh, the Seattle Thunderbirds, I know I work a lot with uh, Cooper Hopkins when I do all the main stuff. If you said Seattle Thunderbirds and he was in this party, I think he'd perk up a little bit. <laughs> that is a team that's probably going to win the WHL. They're, they're the, probably the leader of the group out there. Um, and last year happened to run into the Edmonton Oil Kings, which, by the way, was Sebastian Kosa's team. Uh, and um, yeah, Edmonton took care of business. So Seattle's looking for uh, vengeance this year in the WHL. And you're speaking a little bit of a love language for the Red Wings fans on that side for Sebastian Kosa. How many more seasons is it going to take before he gets a chance in the pipes? I, you know what, honestly, uh, I think next season he's probably going to be in Grand Rapids, is my guess. He's been lights out right now for the uh, Toledo Walleye uh, this season. I mean, they won, I think, what, 19 straight, or was part of 19 straight uh, with the Toledo Walleye. Now they're in the playoffs against uh, the Fort Wayne Comets. Uh, in the ECHL, which, by the way, if you can get out to an ECHL game, please do this. It's worth your time. Great hockey. Um, but next year, I think he's going to probably move up to the Grand Rapids. And honestly, John, I think he's probably two years away from uh, making it to the Red Wings organization as a full-time goaltender. Um, and don't be surprised if the Red Wings look for a little bit of veteran presence um, in the, during free agency for goaltending this year. I was just thinking that because Ville Husso seemed awfully overworked. I understand it didn't <laughs> work out for Alex Nedeljkovic, but Magnus Helberg, it's, it just wasn't enough. Yeah, the Fighting Viking there in Helberg, I, I don't know if, if I mean, he, he, he was good, but again, I don't think you can have Husso play uh, 76 games again. He's going <laughs> to have to play closer to 60 and so you're going to have to get, as I said earlier to somebody else I was talking to, you're going to have to get the Manny Legacy type backup that can play a good 15 to 20 games for you and get the same results. Yeah, so we will see admittedly once all the cup finals and everything else is done, who's out there as far as that, because Eisman does need to address that situation. And a top six forward, I would think. We need some grit. Uh, the Red Wings are missing some grit, and so like a Tom Wilson type player would be a great addition for the Red Wings. 
So this is the Kings. I have followed. We'll take this look around. And now, here's an opportunity for Villiardi off the tip. And this is saved by Skinner. Skinner again, standing strong in that for the Oilers. And John, this starts the field now as we get to the five-minute mark here left in the third period. This is getting the feel of this is overtime. And again, wouldn't it be fitting that the first game that you get a chance to work with me, I bring you into an OT game? <laughs> you know it's going to go four overtimes now, John. You know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we will see what happens. I will be here all the way through. If I have to commentate through the whole thing, Don, you might have to pick me up on that side. I got you going, buddy. I'll get your coffee going. So Philip Dano gets a chance to win this one again as this is played off. Trevor Moore tried to send this off the side of the net. This will be an opportunity to get picked up by Arvidsson with the five-minute mark in the third period. Will one of these teams take the lead in regulation, or will we need overtime? Here's Doughty. He tries to shovel with the stick handle, and now Moore into the traffic. Another deflected opportunity as it was saved by Skinner. And now we collected Costin. Try to get this one out of Vander Kane. We'll shovel it down deep. And we'll touch the stick of Jonas Corposalo as we've hit the 435 marker of the third period. And recollected now Anderson. This bounces off of him. And now this will be picked up again by Cody Cece. Cece will try the other way near the right wing. Walls. This gets intercepted by Andre Kopitar. Here's a race for the puck. Now Dreisaitl lets one go. And Corposalo makes the save. Unbelievable. Quick update here in the OHL. The Peterborough Pete's have a three games in one lead up Ottawa 67s. Well, North Bay and Barrie are tied 2-2. The London Knights took care of the Kitchener Rangers, who ups, upset the Windsor Spitfires, by the way, uh, four games to one. And the Sarnia Steam sweep away the Saginaw Spirit four games to none. So the OHL is heating up. We're getting all sorts of playoff updates here. Oh, it's great. <laughs> it is it's a great time of year. As this is picked up now off the forehand, it's Kempe. This could be a three-on-two, but the pass went a little bit too far as it's recollected now by the Oilers. Here's a chance for Drysaddle near the right side wall. Off the spin and chase. Sent back down. Now on the high slot, the shot goes wide, and we get a stoppage at 3.54. And the under-18s, by the way, are going on right now. Uh, Sweden, the other night, knocked off Canada 8 nothing. And then Canada followed up the next day by beating Germany 8 nothing. So, hey, now you're back to even keel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder, uh, again, and you're in Canada, it doesn't matter any time, any age group or anything. You always take hockey seriously. But I never can imagine a Canadian team losing in any fashion 8 nothing in a game. To sweep? I mean, that's a, that is a, um, that's a hockey hotbed up there. And... Uh, uh, I, you know, if, if Canada takes hockey serious, so does the country of Sweden. And uh, 1A and 1B when it comes to their under-18 products there. Absolutely. Here's a power move by Bukestad. And old nine on the right post was Corpusalo. Dersey and Bukestad, they're going to be sharing a couple words. Dersey wants to throw a couple blows, but the refs are <laughs> going to separate. Everyone's going to slow down here. You don't want to take any stupid penalties with three and a half minutes to go. Uh, in the, the third period in a 2-2 tie. So Corpusalo, that one was fortunate, I think, to bounce right back to him off of the second look from a Bukestad power mode to the net. So we get an offensive zone draw with 338 in the third. It's a 2-2 tie, 
36 shots to 25 in favor of Edmonton. This game has certainly increased the workload from that kind of sleepy first period. Anything but that in this last 40 minutes so far. As this gets sent down the ice and LA Kings can't change. Final score tonight from Toledo. The Walleye have defeated the Indianapolis uh, Fuel 4-1. Uh, to one. So they take a 1-0 lead in that best of seven series. The Indianapolis Fuel. I like that name. The great name. Great, great. This is Connor uh, McDavid. Wins it clean. And now it bounces out in front of Corpus Solo. Picked up by Evander Kane. Evan Burchard, Zach Hyman, kind of looks like a power play right now as they sent this across. It was a chance. Hyman, he got bodied off the puck there into the right side wall. He's being held. Doughty trying to send this across for Arvidsson. Hyman and Kane still trying to work with this near the right side of the red line. Hyman somehow emerges with it, but it falls right to Trevor Moore. 2.55 left to go in this tie game in game three. It's a 1-1 series tie of this Western Conference quarter finals. And, and Arvidsson gets hit pretty good as this is near the right side of the red line. And this will emerge with Evander Kane. Kane now. He'll pivot. Works his way into center ice off the backhand and he'll shovel it in the defensive zone of the LA Kings is Matt Roy. We'll pick it back up. We'll take a timeout a little bit. He'll allow some changes here. This is an opportunity for Lazat. We'll send this across. We haven't said his name too many times. As this is collected by Darnell Nurse. Darnell Nurse, as this gets taken away from Jared Anderson Dolan. It's Drysaddle. He will get it. And now it's going to be left to right here for the Edmonton Oilers. As Drysaddle will gain the red line. He'll fire it in from 100 feet. It's blockered off Corpusello, but this will be an opportunity for RNH. RNH here for Drysaddle with a big one timer. And that gets blocked before it ever hits Corpusello. Down to a minute 55 in the third. A shot from the traffic, that one pinballs back out to the left side of the dot and recollected now by Edmonton. Put along the boards, kept here for Drysaddle. Hole, no look backhand, and they can't hold the zone as Edmonton, and they'll have to recollect. CC was taking a look as it's Drysaddle, but the pass gets taken away from him. A race for the puck, it stepped in off the drag, and this was blocked by Skinner holding on to the left post. As now we're down to the final 90 seconds of this third period. Here's a chance now to finish a hit as Anderson as he throws the elbow out there and Doughty will collect. 1.15 left in this tie game. Gunstrom, great move, gains the entry. Here goes for a forehand shot, shoots it way out of play. In that Toledo game, by the way, John, <clears throat> Sebastian Costa made 18 of 19 saves in that 4-1 win for the Walleye. That is something that we will keep our eyes on as far as Sebastian Kosa's development. We know, as you said, it's going to be a couple more seasons. But you also get to think about Marco Casper, who you'll probably see next year. Simon Evanson continuing. I mean, it's good strides here for the Red Wings. No doubt. Casper, uh, you know, a couple injuries, obviously, down the stretch there. But uh, I thought he played very, very well in that Toronto game. Uh, and held his own. I mean, when you come from the Swedish Elite League, in my opinion, probably the best league in the world. At this point, um, playing against men, and he held his own. So a stick save there. That was a great setup for Doughty as it's one minute left to go in this tie game in the third. It's 38 shots to 26 as it's recollected now by Hyman in the defensive zone for the Olanders. Intercepted now by the LA Kings as this is sent back around. 
Now the Oilers will get a chance to play crisscross and behind their net. They'll look to start again as everybody's standing right now at Crypto.com Arena. And they're waiting here maybe 30 more seconds just like the rest of us. Whether or not this game will go into OT for the second time in this series. As Bouchard will flip it in. Now near the right side wall off the spin. It's McDavid. He's been dangerous. Good pivot move. He gains the entry near the left side of the red line as this gets shut up out of play. And again, you know, with uh, a few seconds left here in the third period, definitely into that overtime mentality now. And um, I guess I'm comfortable to say now, John, as you asked me earlier, uh, I believe the next goal is going to win the game. We so. can say that now for sure as McDavid's <laughs> opportunity goes off the top of the mask of Corpusalo and up and out of play. Again, Corpusalo has just been solid the LA Kings, uh, not just all season, but it does pay off too. Uh, what a find, what a find from the Columbus Blue Jackets. Kopitar needs to win this draw, and they do, as the Kings will flip it down, and this is great for them, because this will not be iced, and they will essentially kill some time. Five seconds, we'll see if the Edmonton Oilers get time for one more rush, here's Cody Cece, this bounces off Corpusalo, and guess what, Don, we're going to OT. Yeah, baby, get that coffee pot going. Because it might be a while. The way these two teams have played here uh, in, in this game, we might be here for a few minutes. I am admittedly going to grab myself some more water. I'll take a little bit of a break and type in my game story notes. So I'll be back probably about uh, maybe five minutes or so. Sounds good. Because if they did, I would like to get my finder's fee for that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> They're showing career playoff OT goals. L.A. Kings full of them. You remember uh, Justin Williams a long time ago, Mr. Game 7, Alec Martinez the same way. That one was to win a cup. I know those <laughs> names are long gone, but still, L.A. Kings, they've been very good at this for OT side. So now it's Mc Connor McDavid. It's <laughs> the only one for the Kings on the ice. Yes. So, that's actually hilarious. I love it. Evan Bouchard as this will go the other way. So now it's the Oilers. They're going to go right to left here in this OT. Again, it's sudden death. First goal wins. That's what we got right now. It's 40 shots to 27 on goal in favor of Edmonton. It's the second time in three games that this series has gone to OT. You kind of figured it that way. These two teams know each other very well, and the LA Kings are really good as far as stopping the Oilers' offense as much as it can be stopped. That's how you have to word it. Richard into the traffic. It was blocked before it ever hit Corpusalo. As this gets recollected across the red line now. And Dano finishes his check. It's a little bit more of a pin as they're still letting this go. I think McDavid is knocked on his heavily padded wallet. And they finally blow the whistle. It's amazing that uh, the shots are 40-27 to 27 in favor of Edmonton after it was 7-5 uh, to 5 after the first period. Yeah, it really seemed like it was just kind of stuck in the mud, even though we're on ice. Yeah, I'm kidding. And uh, basically, how these, how these two teams just turned it up a little bit uh, in the second and third periods. Yeah, they found the offense, and you knew that they would. You think about these power plays, as we said going into it. Obviously, Edmonton, the historic number one, the L.A. Kings number four. They kind of showed you that a little bit in the second period. But ever since then, we've been waiting for a goal, and this next one's going to be definitive. And again, as Don said, you can throw that out there at the last minute. He goes, John, this one's going to OT, and the next goal's going to win. And I That's had it. to laugh on that end, but you're correct, my friend. 
as this gets recollected by Kepe! Power move to the net, he almost swallowed up Stuart Skinner, and now here's a slap shot attempt, but a great active stick check. Dreisaitl accidentally throws it backwards, if you would have thrown it forward, maybe the Oilers are going to add a rush there, as this gets collected now near the left side of the blue line. I see a Gretzky jersey in the crowd, that's always good to see, number 99 for the Kings. And this is picked up. That's what do for the Oilers, that's interesting. And absolutely, again, it always makes me forget that he played for the Kings, played for the Rangers, played for a lot of other teams. And this is collected now. I have follow. We'll watch this go by. And now Dreisaitl. Now it's the L.A. Kings off of a long flip. This will be an opportunity for I have follow. He's got one of these winners. And this is dragged away from in the middle of a slot. That will pay a price. And a penalty is called against the Oilers. Oh, my goodness gracious. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, again, I picked his name. You can't score a goal if you're in the box. You certainly can't, and it looks like it's going to be a slash. Uh, I saw a stick go flailing off into the corner, so uh, I have followed Drew the penalty. Good on him to uh, to go to... Absolutely, he chopped yep. it right in front of I have followed stick. That's the correct call. So if we can remember what happened the last time that the Oilers took a critical penalty, again, that was before regulation, but it allowed the L.A. Kings to win it, and now they can do so again. Iafalo was the one that got the game winner before then, so again, power plays, it's all about the time when you draw them, and the L.A. Kings get a grand opportunity with a fresh sheet of ice here. It's almost, it seems to me that the Edmonton Oilers kind of reverted back to that first period where they started to get that kind of penalty trouble. Put the Kings on the power play. Now can the Kings stick it to the Oilers one more time? We will see. RNH sent to the box for a slash, and now the Kings can get settled here, maybe. They have to get through a couple of bowling pins. As the Oilers try to clear this out, I follow. Gets his stick out in front of it. He does pull the line. Near the left side of the blue line, now on the high slot, they'll crisscross. Near the right side, dot off the spin. This will be set up here for Dowdy. L.A. Kings looking to press. Now working their way in behind the net. Somebody flubs on it. It was on Zekopitar as this gets recollected here for Kempe. Kopitar now near the right dot. He'll send it back for Dowdy. Dowdy just puts a stick out there to keep it in. Here's Kopitar. Kopitar can walk in and fire. And this one goes high and all the way back down the ice for a minute five left to go here in the L.A. Kings power play. This is an O.T. 2-2 tie right now. The Kings trying to take a 2-1 series lead. Same thing for the Edmonton Oilers as this series is tied at 1. Gabe Villiardi sends this around the embankment. He'll try to chip and chase as he gets a couple of sticks out of Kings. Keep it alive. They don't shovel it. McDavid's out there trying to guard in front of the slot as this puck is near the left dot. As the Kings continue to serve a great cross pass and a good save by the right glove hand of Stuart Skinner. As Villiardi, this gets stick lifted. Picked up now by Quinton Byfield near the circle as this is sent back around. Try to find Dursey. This will fall back to Quinton. And now in between Villiardi. He'll try to shuffle one out. Scores! Kings win! Unbelievable. And again, a horrible penalty taken there by yeah. RH leads to the goal and the game winner. And by the way, the Kings were minus 120 there in overtime if you were a betting man. Uh, you could have won some coin on that. When we think about this, it's two times as Will Farrell slowly pounds the glass. But, <laughs> but when we think about this, Don, that's 
two times, as you said. Two bad penalties in two games in this series as McDavid's trying to have some words with the referee, but the Kings took full advantage twice already, and they've won two games out of it. But hold on a minute. The refs are talking. Yeah, talking about something here. I'm not sure exactly what it is. Um, are what? they saying this goal is put in with a high stick? That's what I hear from uh, Eddie Olchek on that side for TNT. Oh. Maybe, but I see a lot of celebration on the L.A. side. You know, I remember back in 2006, Kirk Maltby scored a goal against the Edmonton Oilers in a pivotal game where it looked like the Redmonds were going to win that game in Edmonton, and it turned out the puck went through the netting on the side of the net, bottom side of the net, uh, and got called back. And then Edmonton shortly thereafter won that game, uh, and I believe it was game three in Edmonton, too, to take a two games to one lead. Uh, in that series, ironically. Uh, so if this is called back, uh, this would be very reminiscent of that of that goal. So we're looking now near the left side of the red line. Trevor Moore is the one that's credited with it right now. So now the puck is going to start to move near the left side, and they're going to call... If they call a high stick, they're going to call it near the left side of the red line, an inconsequential puck play? That's That would be the correct call. You see right there, it tips, it tips, his, tips the top of his stick, so it should have been called down on a high stick right there. Um, right wow. Here, you'll, see, you'll see right here. Uh, right there. That should have been called right there as it went into the corner. Man, that would be rough on the other end for the L.A. Kings, if you really think about it. But from what you just spoke about, this may very well be talked into existence, and Trevor Moore's goal might be rubbed off the board here. Yep, definitely looks like it was touched with a high stick. So uh, the, the only thing I could tell, John, is if the puck actually moved. Because I see the puck go up in the air, but usually if it's touched with a high stick, it's going to change direction. And to me, I don't know if it did. I don't know if Villarreal touched it enough to change the trajectory. I don't know who thought we would get into physics tonight, but uh, it did. It, I don't know if he changed the trajectory of the puck. It almost looks like he kind of whiffed it. But when you're talking about uh, two specialty subjects here in math and physics, that's not my strong point here, Don. <laughs> oh so, yeah, neither mine, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's uh, man. This is this is interesting. This is uh, kind of unprecedented. I'm not sure. I guess is the call on the ice a goal? Is the that key? The call on the ice was a goal, but the high right. stick and everything else was not uh, called upon at the time. Yes. So this is a challenge by Edmonton. Then, yes. Right? So hold all tickets here from what we're uh, looking at right now, and it's a high sticking essentially near the left side of the red line. That is what's in question right now. Let's take a look at the replay here. The puck goes flutters up in the air. I just can't tell if the Kings player touches the puck or not. That's the thing I can't I can't see. Um, see you see here in the corner again. Puck gets deflected up in the air. <sighs> Man, if his it, to me it doesn't look like he played the puck until it goes down 
onto the ice. And so I... From what I can tell you in the... Uh, again, this is a joking department for uh, Todd McClellan. He's certainly dressed like he's ready to go home. He sure is. He's, <laughs> and he's ready to get out of there. So, uh, man, I tell you what, this is going to be... If the Conley Ice is goal, if Edmonton has officially reviewed this or challenged it, I, I, I just don't know if there's enough video evidence to to overturn this. And now we see the sport coat come back on, and as Don was saying, it's been about five minutes here that they've yeah. been trying to take a long look at this. So now we get a really up-close look to see if Villiardi played the puck. I don't see anything. <laughs> Just such a tough, tough call. I mean, the stick's definitely flailing up in the air, but I, again, I just I don't see. Again, I'm looking forward because you see the puck kind of go up on edge there, and I don't see where the puck changed direction. So you would think if it touched the stick, it's going to make an immediate kind of job down to the ice, and I, I, I don't see that. To me, it just looks like it continues on in its trajectory. We got the call. What's it going to be? We have a good goal! Trevor yeah. Moore wins it in overtime for the LA Kings! Yeah, I, I, I just don't know how you overturn that. So. The Los Angeles Kings, they take a pivotal 2-1 series lead. And the one thing done we have to mention again, that is careless mistake by Edmonton to concede a power play late. And again, they got a win in this series already, but it's three games that they've essentially blown leads or given a late power play to the Kings. And it's it's two games that they've given to the Kings, if you ask me. I mean, game one, up 3-1 to one late in that third period, at home, and you couldn't close out. And then today, again, same thing, 2-1 lead, kind of had all the momentum going in your direction, and a bad turnover, a bad penalty by one of your top players taking a slash on a player's skate or ankle after you've taken a 2-1 to one lead, putting yourself behind the eight ball 18 seconds later so in the back of your net's 2-2. Two, two. Uh, just I, I don't, I have elementary penalties, if you ask me, by the Edmonton Oilers in this yep. game uh, have, have, have cost them. Uh, and they're going to have to figure it out because now uh, they've got to go back to Edmonton 2-2. Two, two. So again, in the open, I said LA Kings in seven as far as all the capsules. I still think this is going to be a long series. But Absolutely. from what Don was saying, this is going to be a situation where if Edmonton looks back on this and they're on the golf course, they're going to be lamenting the fact that maybe they gave away at least two games in this series. There's no doubt. And, you know, it's uh, it's almost too bad for the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, this is a team that's kind of built to win right now and they're kind of facing their demons yet again in the playoffs yeah. with uh, with penalty issues so this was a lot of fun my friend I'm glad that yeah. you can join me here we will definitely have to do this again next time because I'm not just saying this as window dressing you did a great job and I'm really looking Thanks. forward to the next one let's do it I, I've been really really enjoying it I really appreciate it thank you alright man we will see and talk to you soon peace everybody all right, take care, everyone. Have a good night.